Blog Talk Radio. Y'all about it. But the best thing I watched this week, 
Drink Champs interview with Miss Jones. See, I think the blogs have missed this one. You know how to buy, and I need to put it up. I need to put up the, some of parts of her interview. Miss Jones' interview with Drink Champs was the bomb. Okay, Miss Jones was telling like she was telling TT. I mean, she talked. She talked about when Wendy Williams back in the day allegedly her and Kevin Hunter allegedly there was a hit allegedly out on Miss Jones because she was another radio personality, and some people said Wendy Williams and her husband did it. Child, she talked about all of that. She talked about how her and Wendy then got back friends again. She talked about they when they you know back in the day when they was partying. She even told a Tupac story. Listen, it is a great interview. And what I really love about it is because I remember back then when she when all that stuff was going on. And what I really love about her is that she was so forthcoming. She talked about Mary J. Blige Child. <laughs> Jaguar Wright would appreciate <laughs> Where is Jaguar? Jaguar been real quiet. Where is she at? But anyway, Jaguar Wright would appreciate uh, uh, <laughs> what Miss Jones said about Mary J. Now, I'm a Mary J. Blige fan, okay? But Miss Jones came for a little, just a smidge. She just said, you know, she said she, she can't sing. I, mean, I have to play that. Maybe I'll play it after break. Like, we'll use, that'll be our first clip. You got you got to hear it. It's The interview is great. It's one of my favorites from Drink Champs. And I love Drink Champs. I love I love their style of interview. I love the way they go in there and they get they get people to drinking and loosening up, <laughs> and people start talking shit. You know who I would love to see on Drink Champs? Maxwell. Maxwell, call Drink Champs, please. I don't know what you go because it seems like it's more hip hop stuff. But I would love to see him because you know why? Because I love to see them get him loose and he just starts talking. <laughs> He's one of those quiet celebrities. Like I love to see him on air and just spilling all his tea. <laughs> As they get him drinking and drinking, I would love to see that shit. Oh my god! I need Janet Jackson to go on there too. I need Janet to go on there. Maybe a, who else would I want to go on there? That's real quiet about they shit. I don't know, but I need a lot. I need. It, it, I mean, it was such a good interview. I'm going to have to play y'all some clips of it. My, one of my favorite interviews from them by far. I love that. I know Little Mo, they said, was on there this week. I want to watch that one, too, because I, she always gives, you know, good interviews. So I definitely want to see that one, okay? Uh, also this week, y'all, okay, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's Volume 1 album came out. I did get a chance to listen to it. Carlotta, why are you quiet? Damn. I like it. It's no. What is it? What was Quincy Jones' one? The one from Q, the double one from Q with love, with love or whatever. And the first one, the Quincy Jones, the first collect. No, it's not that. But it's good. You know, the Babyface song is good. I like the Boys to Men song. I love the Mariah Carey song. You know what I would have liked 
from them. And I know this is just volume one. You know, I get it. I understand. I would have loved to see, and I don't know why. Maybe there's a reason. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I, I didn't like the Usher song. I'm going to say that right off. But you know what I would have loved to see from them? If they would have went back and got Sherelle, Alexander O'Neill, SOS Band, you know, what made them their grit and butter, Janet for Volume 1. I, and maybe I know they're going to probably be on Volume 2 or 3 or whatever, but I would have liked that. Like the old Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis people making new shit with them because I feel like it it really says something. Let me just say this, and I was having this discussion the other day with somebody online, one of my online friends, and they were we were talking about in our one of our music things. He 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 always gives out good music challenges, and he was talking about uh, we were talking about Beyonce's catalog compared to somebody like Janet Jackson. I was like, Beyonce can't win with no Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson, first off, has a great catalog produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. That's facts. (laughs) Most of it's produced by them. And even the ones that isn't produced by them are pretty good damn good. Beyonce, I've already told y'all my feeling about Beyonce, okay? I don't want to check into the Ramada Inn this week. I'm sure at some point in the show I will. (laughs) But I'm going to try not to tonight. Okay? So, but we were just talking about how how Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis just you know, it, you know people know that they spent a lot of time working with Janet and being really you know Janet and then what they did was magical. But he they also did some magical things with some. I mean when you listen to the magical shit they did with Sherelle, Alexandra O'Neill. I mean, you know, and, you know, and he, they did have, uh, what's the choir? Sounds of Blackness. They did have them on there. I like that song kind of. I mean, listen, I just, I felt like I would have loved to see their, the, 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 or them do, and I, maybe old school groups, you know, because, oh, God. Oh, like I would have loved to see what they could do with Earth, Wind, and Fire. I would have loved to see what they could do with, you know what I would have loved, because one of New Edition's biggest hits, I think, was produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, which is Can You Stand the Rain? So I would have loved, I think Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis produced Can You Stand the Rain? I'm not sure on that, but I think they did. I would have loved to see Jimmy Jam and Terry do something with them. I just wish they would have went more, like, I don't know. They did go with Babyface, okay? He don't know nothing about it, whatever this thing is. Maybe I shouldn't compare them to Quincy. You know, I compare everybody's um, collab album. Like, Quincy Jones was just so great. It's so hard to just, you know, because his both his albums, his collaboration projects with, you know, were, with artists were so good. They both, was it like two of them? And then that one with the Q with Love where he puts the old stuff on there, like he puts uh, my song, which is Baby Come to Me, and How Do You Keep the Music Playing. Oh, Quincy was bad, man. He was cold-blooded. You know, I forget that is one of the great songs ever, one of the great duet songs, How Do You Keep the Music Playing, those words. Oh, my God. 
forget what movie that was in. It was like a Goldie Hawn flick, wasn't it? I forget that movie. Oh, but when they start playing it, oh, in that movie, oh, my God, it's just perfect. That's a perfect song. You know, like, he he could produce perfectly written songs. I mean, you know. Anywho, yeah, but Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's uh, Volume 1 is out, and, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, I would have liked to see... Did they produce any of Karen White shit? I think they did. Like, Babyface did, too. But they did, too. You know, because who was married to Karen White? It was Jim, was it Lewis? Lewis Terry was married to Karen White. I would have loved to hear, did they have a Karen White song on there? I don't think so. I need to go back and look. Let me look here. Huh. Just look. Let me look. Let's take a minute here to look. Because my, you know, I forget sometimes after the first time I listen, I'll be like, okay. <laughs> so let me see here, 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 here. Let me go back here, and we'll check it out and see. So I, before I tell y'all, because it'll jog my memory if I go back and listen. Uh, let's see. Okay. Okay. I think they have uh, The Spinning Sun with Mary J. Blige. I did not like. Okay. Uh, somewhat Loved. Uh, yes, definitely. Very dope. Uh, who is Do What I Do, Charlie Wilson? Charlie Wilson always provides a vibe. You know what I'm saying? Um trying to see. Baby Love. I don't really know. I didn't really like that. It's with the time. Okay. Um, the Next Best Day I liked. Um, yeah, I don't know. Happily Unhappy, Tony Braxton. I don't know how I felt about that. I don't know. You know, it was very slow. Maybe I need to think it through. Maybe I need to hear it again. You know, like I try. You know, I need to give them a chance. Like Alicia Keys. Like Alicia Keys. I gave her a chance, and I realized it was it was crappy. Even after three times, I've listened to it three times and never went back. I, I'm sorry, Alicia. I, you know, which we're gonna talk about Alicia a little later on in the show. But yeah, yeah. I, maybe I need to give them a moment because I was rushing around when I listened to this early this morning, and I was, you know, you know, I was like, Ugh. You know, I was going through it, you know, because usually with me, with music, I know right off. I can hear choruses and stuff, and I'm like, okay, you know, you know. But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) I'll give it another chance, okay? All right, so what else interesting did I do listen to this week? Okay, I saw this. You know, I like sometimes listen to Joe Reagan, and I listened to this old interview he had done with about the Manson family. And this man who had interviewed, you know, like he talked about the, the – y'all got to look it up. I can't – it was such a good interview. It was about how they – they they. some people think Charles Manson was like a CIA operative. Totally, really – I mean, this guy had done 20 years' worth of research so good. He doesn't go far out. You know, he doesn't go into imaginary land where, like I would, you know – you know, conspiracy, but he gives you all these facts surrounding that case that were so interesting. Man, 
I I I was really just like, woo! I was mesmerized by the interview. Very good interview. Uh, and I think it's like a year old. So if you guys get a chance, I wanted to share that with my listeners. Go and check that out, okay? Uh, it's Joe Reagan and look up. It's about Charles Manson and the family, okay? Um, also, oh, I want to shout out to my new followers. I mean, I got a few of y'all. Thank you so much for following the show, uh, liking the show. Uh, if you follow here on Blog Talk and you're new or if you follow on Facebook and everything, make sure you like the Facebook page. And I love to see y'all interact and stuff like that. Thank you so much. You know, my little fam, little thing is growing. Thank you so much, and I, I appreciate you guys for listening. And let me tell you, I do this as a labor of love. Really, it is. It's, it's my little, I, you know, it's my little thing I get on. It's therapy. <laughs> and it's fun. It's the way I get to uh, say my opinion and talk shit and, and do what I do. So thank you so much for uh, listening, and shout out to the new people who are listening out there. Thank you so much for uh, listening to me, okay? All right, so next up. Okay, this week, okay, so, you know, we talk about a lot of loom. You know, I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart. Shit, y'all know that, okay? So for years, people have talked about Illuminati, you know, celebrity. I never believe celebrities are Illuminati members. If they are, they're low on the totem pole, you know? <laughs> I say the the real Illuminati is probably using them, <laughs> right? But I never thought about. You know what I think that happens out, and this and this got me thinking this week because I one of one of the fan pages I follow, a Maxwell fan page I follow. Okay, she had a picture of of, of Maxwell. It was an interesting picture, an old picture. You know, with that OK sign when they cover their eye. You know that bullshit they do. Okay. It's really a, it's really got a number of meanings, okay? And I was joking with her, like, you know, talking about, hmm, interesting picture, you know, and all this stuff. But it got me to thinking, because I was like, a lot of people don't know about the esoteric realm, and a lot of people don't know, like, like people don't know symbols. Like, I, I know read a lot of that stuff. I Like, I've watched a lot of... I've watched a lot of occult things, like Alice, about Aleister Crowley and um, and a lot of you know I feel like a lot of uh, people follow the the Aleister Crowley or the Golden Dawn and, and stuff like that. And I you know I've been thinking I'm saying you know I may get try to do a series on that. I may but I have to read through. I think I'm gonna have to read through the Golden Dawn book and really get a read read through it and try to get some people on that really that kind of know about symbolism in a cult because we see so many occultic things. I know them when I see them, but sometimes I don't know all of them, but sometimes I know them when I see them. And a lot of times people don't know them. You know, they don't know about the triple sevens. People don't know a lot, a lot of stuff, triple six or what Alistair Crowley does. People don't know a lot about all that kind of thing. And so I figured that I may try to do a series. And you guys tell me what you think if you'd be interested in this and hearing this on the show. Maybe a series about the esoteric realm. And do celebrities, are they involved in certain esoteric things? Because I remember, I've seen a number of celebrities do this same symbol. And I'm like, huh? You know, it's it's very interesting. And so I'm like, you know, I think, here's my personal belief about celebrities. I think they do, some of them do practice some forms of magic and esoteric, okay? It, you know, they probably do. And, um, 
and I feel as if sometimes they, you know, they're probably, because a lot of celebrities, if you know anything about um, occultism, Golden Dawn, um, the, uh, the Kabbalah, uh, Kabbalahism, you know, Judaism, it's kind of a, a, a offshoot of Judaism, stuff like that. If you know about those things, then you probably know that they're, they, they probably practice a lot of that in Hollywood and music circles and stuff like that. So, you know, what are we seeing? And it's so interesting. And the reason why I thought about that is because when I saw that picture, I thought to myself, you know, um, how do these people influence us and our thoughts? I've talked about this on this show for years. Celebrities, Hollywood, the influence of them on our everyday thinking how we move, how we dress, how we look, you know, that little 1% of the world has a lot of control, right? So it, so if they're, you know, if they're practicing things and symbolisms and occult things, it, it would be interesting, I think, if people understood them, you know, who don't understand them, all right? Even though there's plenty of YouTube videos online for you guys to know about stuff like that. But I'm thinking about doing a series like that. So if you guys think that might be interesting, Shout me out and say, Carlotta, we think it's interesting. Do that. Do we like to know? Or we, I like to know about you know uh, what's going on when we look at with certain symbols. Even I saw what's that little girl's name? Um, I forget her. Name. The little girl from Blackish. She had one little thing that she was covering her eyes. Like what the hell is she doing? Ever? You know. And so it's I know what the meaning is, but the cultic meaning. But I don't know if that's what they mean. So it's it's a very interesting uh, look and dive into it. Maybe we get some. Maybe we'll get some people on if you guys seem like that's something of interest to you, and we'll discuss it. We'll discuss that maybe because I think something like that maybe needs to be a series. Like we discuss it for maybe two to three weeks. You know. <laughs> okay, so you guys, uh, let's see. That, let me see. I talked about that. I wanted you, um, and I thought too. Maybe you know, I'm thinking. You know, we do the book club again, and we start off with the, something like Golden Dawn. Okay, but I don't know. That might be too deep. <laughs> we'll figure it all out. Okay, we'll figure it out. I just want to know what you guys think out there. Some of you won't hear this show till during the week. You know, still write me and let me know, okay? I want to know what you think of a series on occult and celebrities, like what we're seeing, what's their influence and things like that, okay? Even my fave is up there doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I even saw this other picture where they had their hand down. And, you know, I know what that means, but some people don't. <laughs> You know, because I've been I've been I've been into that kind of stuff for like not into it like I don't practice it, but I've been into I'm very interested in that um, in that world, and so I, I pay a very attention to I pay attention to those things, uh, esoteric realm and stuff like that. Okay, all right, you guys. So normally I would do this thing called it's a word where I give you a motivational word. For the week But guess what It's late at night Carlotta doesn't have one <laughs> But I'm sure In this show When we get to talking about Hot topics And the news and stuff 
a word is going to come through, okay? So, meanwhile, though, we're going to go on break, and I'm going to try to find that Miss Jones clip where she's talking about Mary J. Blige, child. I'm going to try to find that while we on break. And when I come back, uh, we'll get into hot topics and more, okay? Meanwhile, let's start off with something nice and slow. You know what? My friend, my favorite, favorite brand-new Heavies album is the one with Saida Garrett on it. She's lead. I like the other girl too. Don't get me wrong. The original lead singer, she's back now. But I love the album. What's I hit on it? That's my favorite brand new heavies album. And one of the songs on that album is a slow song called After Forever. Oh my God. That song is the ish. Let's start off with that tonight, okay? It's the CC show. I'm Carlotta. It's the late night edition, okay? And we'll be back in a moment. Here's brand new heavies after forever.
Okay, so if you hear me doing long pauses, I'm smacking, I'm eating in y'all ear. It's late at night, and I'm drinking. <laughs> okay, so let's get to Miss Jones, right? She was on Drink Champs. Child, Miss Jones was spilling tea. Miss Jones talked about the time she slept with Buster. <laughs> she was talking about all kinds of stuff, Lord. She was giving us some good tea. But what I really loved about it, she talked about, look at me, did, did that smack. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah, irritating. But anyway, she talked about uh, her relationship with Big Bond. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. She said, you know what, they had a very intimate relationship where they didn't have sex. They never had sex with each other, but they were in love with each other. Oh, my God, you can see her face. Man, I felt I felt the I felt the energy. Even, you know, Nori was like, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he was even, you know, he was even talking. That was a part of the interview I loved most. I mean, I loved all of it because it, I felt like it was an education in New York about New York nineties, nineties, early two thousand radio. Be very, I mean, late nineties, early two. I mean, she was, she was, she was breaking it down. I mean, you know, uh, especially about her career. And, and if you listen to her, it was such, it was such, it, it was such education. I think this was one of the most underrated interviews of the week. I'm surprised that Shay Room and at least I, I didn't see it, Shea Room or anybody putting up clips from this interview. This interview was classic. It was so good. And she just talks about so many good things, but I really was touched by the big pun relationship because she was talking about how they, you know, they, they were just close friends and how they used to just talk, you know, they didn't have, you know, they didn't get it in, but, you know, she said they could have, but it just didn't happen because he was married at the time and she was. But they still had a very intimate love relationship. They were in love with each other. And, oh, my heart was breaking listening to it. Like, she she talked about how they, he could just be himself around her and everything. I mean, it was so beautiful. I love that love story in the middle of it. I mean, I know it's sad to hear for the people, his family, but... Damn, it was still it was beautiful. I was like, oh my god, it was it was it was just wow. And then you know what she said? She dropped some tea about publishing. She said, let me tell you, this is when you know a man care about you. She said that he left her publishing. Listen here, he left her so she could always be taken care of. Okay, you think that man didn't care about her? He left her some publishing. She said, hold up, let me make sure I ain't making a mess of my shit. Y'all got to listen to this interview. It is so good. I mean, an excellent, excellent interview. One of my favorites from Drink, Drink Champs, okay? She just talks about everything. But let's listen to a little clip of when she talks about Mary J. Blige and back in the day. Because she started off a singer. I did not know that, which is really interesting. She wanted to do music. So I, I didn't know. I think I, I think I knew that, but I didn't know that, okay? But let's let's take a listen, okay? So, um, how, 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 how's good? And, and listen, for people that don't know, Astoria Project is one of the craziest places in the world, not just Queens, in the world. So take us from there, coming from Astoria. So I was, you know, always singing in the house, always trying to do talent shows uh-huh. and, and things like that. And, um, and eventually 
I wound up going to high school for it, taking it seriously, and then I went to Syracuse University for okay. it and became okay. a... Because okay. you went to art schools, like to, right. uh, the high school. Yeah, right. yeah, I went to the, fa- the fame school, music and oh, art. Oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah, amazing experience. Right. But all they taught you was really classical singing, and I always wanted to be R&B. Right. So when I graduated, I met Ron G. Wow. Yeah. Legendary. Legendary. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I started singing on his mixtape. And at that time... Yeah, I started hearing you on that. Yeah, it was new. Oh, Nobody yeah. was doing it. It was a smooth out... The on beginning it. of hip-hop R&B? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So let me ask you something, because I just... um seen Trick Daddy, right? Trick Daddy is going viral because Trick Daddy said Beyonce can't sing, right? <laughs> and it reminds me of something I thought I heard you say. Ooh, I thought oh, I heard oh, you say Mary J. can't sing. They this, start early in the beginning and you go Okay. I immediately thought of you. I'm so sorry. I immediately thought of you when he said that. Okay, okay. So here's my thing. I'm good glass. Technically, maybe Mary's not the most perfect singer. Who the fuck is? My issue with Mary, because everybody knows that I've had an issue, and I'm realizing now it probably shouldn't be at Mary as much as it should be towards Diddy. Mm, Okay. Because when Ron and I started this whole mixtape singing on... Oh, you're saying Ron. We're still on Ron. Ron 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 Okay, cool. That was how we got our deal with Stepson Records. Okay. The whole album was that. Singing on hip, so people understand who don't know, singing on hip-hop beats. Right. right. Which this wasn't was, normal at the time. It wasn't, wasn't normal, normal at the time. Right. right. Mary's first album, if you remember, was all like jazzy songs, right. a couple of dance songs, but it was remixed mm-hmm. to the sound remix. like a right. mixtape. Yep. Mm-hmm. Diddy had gone to Ron and asked Ron to do my stuff for Mary. Wow. Ron said no, because Jonesy's my, Miss Jones what? is my artist, and that's the style I'm using for her. Uh, and he went behind his back. Like, they just recently started speaking again. <laughs> wow. So, you guys, I mean, she, if she goes on into the interview, I mean, I was like, what? I mean, it's just such a good, it's, and it's from, it's, it's, it's from, um, it's, it's a Drink Champs on Revolt TV. You guys, please go listen to that whole interview. One of the best, okay, they've ever had. I, I like a lot of their interviews, but this one was good. It's real good. Shout out to them. Okay, I love the way they interview. Anyway, I love that shit. They 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 are dope. I love you know they got the drinks going. They talking. Everybody sitting around smoke. I mean, I I really like it when they get a person that likes to talk. When they got people in there that really you know they can get loose with. And she's one of them. I mean, it's just a great great show. Okay, great show. Check that out so you can hear more of this. Mr. Here, she dropping some tea up in there. She dropping. Say, honey, this was good tea. It was good old tea. Mm-hmm. Everybody got beef with Mary J. Jaguar done had some beef. Now, um, Miss <laughs> Jones, okay? Uh, okay, so I just wanted y'all to hear that because uh, I thought it was really, really good, all right? All right, so let's get into this rest of this news out here in these streets. Now, This week, according to Business Insider, there was a seven-point plan to reinstate Donald Trump as president in days, not year, was handed out at CPAC, okay? Now, this is from Business Insider. It says, a plan to reinstate Donald Trump as president circulated at the Conservative Political Action Conference. The out- now, see the- you see how the press sounds? 
the outlandish plan. It's probably not outlandish. The outlandish plan involves ousting House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and replacing her with Trump. Okay, the conspiracy theory that Trump will be reinstated as president is popular among his supporters. Attendees of the Conservative Political Action Conference in Dallas have been handed cards uh, outlining a seven-point plan to reinstate Donald Trump as president in days, not years. the cards seem to have been made by a group called Patriot Store, which was not affiliated with the event organizers. The plan involves, they, say, they keep saying the outlandish plan, but when you see that kind of writing, they're trying to get you to think it's outlandish. But it may not be outlandish, okay? I don't know if it is or not. But it says outlandish plan involves last things, which I already said, about Nancy Pelosi. Donald, um, as the Speaker of the House is third in the line for presidential secession, Trump, okay, it says, uh, uh, Donald Trump as Speaker would then call for a vote to impeach, charge, and remove imposters, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. As the Speaker of the House is third in line for a presidential secession, Trump will then take the presidency again in a highly improbable scenario. Listen, this is improbable unless Joe Biden keeps fucking up like he's doing. He's, he's quietly fucking up. People don't care because people don't pay too much attention. Everybody's out and about now. Everybody's at the restaurants. Nobody's wearing masks. Life is good. There's still COVID running around here, variants of COVID and stuff like that. But people are, you know, trying to get back to life as normal. People aren't really paying attention to Joe Biden shit. But Joe Biden, listen, let me tell you why this could be possible, okay? Within two years, if you see the Republicans take back that House and that Senate, and not neocons, but you see that there's more Republicans come back in, uh, I wouldn't laugh at a scenario like this. Okay, uh, this says the plan hinges upon Republicans regaining control of the House. That's what they say they plan to do by pulling back the curtain on the horror show of the Democratic Party, causing groups such as Black Caucus to flip sides. Mm. The cards linked uh, to a website elaborates on the madcap scheme to reinstate Trump and claims to have proof connecting the Democratic Party to satanic sacrifices. (laughs) The messages allude to popular QAnon-affiliated conspiracy theories that accuse Democratic Party of of secret satanic abuse. Let me, trust me, let me me just stop y'all here, okay? It's not outlandish to think of politicians and people being involved in occultic and esoteric practice or satanic rituals and things like that. It's not. It's throughout history. It's all kind of outlandish shit governments do. Uh, But let me just tell you, it wouldn't be just the Democrats. (laughs) It would probably be an all-party thing. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying every person, but you probably have certain members from every party that might be involved in certain things like this, okay? It's not, um, and they, and I've always said QAnon, I felt, was to, was used to focus on the outlandish. It was meant to be outlandish to deflect people from thinking there could possibly, possibly be shadow governments or anything like that. So they make something so outlandish to deflect your attention, like QAnon, uh, from the fact that, that, um, that you can have bad people in government. Of course you can. 
I mean, you know, they try to say it's impossible for people to be sex trafficking that are senators and politicians. Are you serious? Why are we get Jeffrey Epstein from? Who is now dead? Was probably more than likely killed, doubtful suicide, and nobody's saying anything. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein is proof that it's some crazy mofos running around out here in politics, celebrity, all over, okay? So it's not outlandish, okay? So uh, very interesting. I'd say it depends on how bad uh, Joe Biden's presidency goes between now and 2022 when the first group of, uh, you know, first runoff for House and stuff like that happens. We shall see, okay? We shall see. Now, here's my thing. Right now, you have such a really odd energy happening right now. Um, I feel like you have billionaires, tech companies, and everything running the show now. And so it is almost an uphill battle to... Try to change. Um, I feel like here's what I. This is my personal opinion on government right now and voting. It's very corrupted. This is my personal opinion that it's gotten so corrupted that we have these billionaires now participating in media, now participating in uh, um, uh, setting the standards and scenarios. In my opinion that can can influence people, uh, and, you know, I don't know how deep it could go even with voter, voter fraud. I think we've, we've come to uh, a very strange uh, fork in the road as far as which way that peop, the people will go. Well, the people, I think we're going to get more and more, people are going to become more and more influenced. Um, here's, how can I say this? That the people are going to have less and less influence over government, and it's going to be more big business and tech and things and, and, and things like that that will have the influence over government and government, government officials, not regular everyday people because regular everyday people have become dumbed down, have not, um, and 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 um, and the news cycle has become dumbed down. So it is very easy to manipulate the people and to stop the people from getting upset. And it's very easy for money and power to influence uh, a press and media, which press and media is everything. They can change scenarios. They can make a, like, like Malcolm X said, they can make an innocent person look guilty and a guilty person look innocent, okay? So it is what it is. So very interesting, okay? So we'll see how that's going to go. Speaking of the rich. Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos photographed at Sun Valley Billionaire Camp. I was like, what the hell is Billionaire Camp? Seriously, like, they got a... <laughs> you know they up there talking shit. How many black men were at Billionaire Camp? I want to know. Let's count it up. But it says Bill Gates was... Bill Gates was and women. Bill Gates was photographed at the Sun Valley Conference on Thursday. 
Gates has faced numerous unflattering media reports since news of his divorce broke in May. Jeff Bezos was also spotted at the Sun Valley Conference with his girlfriend, Lauren Sanchez. Microsoft founder Bill Gates and Amazon founder Jeff Bezos were both spotted at Sun Valley on Thursday. Every year, billionaires flock to Sun Valley, Idaho, for for a conference known by private investment bank Allen & Company. The event is also known as the Summer Camp for Billionaires. This year, so many turned up in their private jets that the Federal Aviation Authority had to delay incoming planes. Oh, so much uh, for, um, what is it? Uh, the uh, green stuff. <laughs> Bill Gates is a regular attendee, but his appearance on Thursday marks the first time he's come to the conference since he announced his divorce from Melinda French Gates in May. It's also the first. It's also his first in-person appearance at a major event since the announcement. Oh, and this is from Yahoo.com, by the way, too. Um, it's also uh, uh, since uh, numerous. Uh, it's also his first in-person appearance at a major event. Since the announcement and the first numerous pub and the first since numerous publications published unflattering reports about him, Microsoft insiders told Insider in June that Gates was a womanizer and a bully. In May, the Wall Street Journal reported that in 2019, the Microsoft board ordered an investigation into an alleged affair with Microsoft's employee. Gates has not stayed entirely off the radar since news of his divorce. He appeared at a virtual event two weeks after the announcement and published annual summer reading in June, okay? Um, so this is interesting. They have a whole full billionaire camp where they get together and talk and share information, probably about how they're going to run the world downhill. <laughs> To be a fly, but some of them, you know, they certain. Sometimes they take. I have to look on YouTube. Sometimes people have certain like audio and video from from some of these um, uh, things like this, and it's always interesting what these people are talking about and what they're saying. Most people don't pay attention, but it's good to try to and have your ear to the grind because it'll tell you the way they're trying to stir the world. Okay, so very interesting article there. All right. Um, also, Britney Spears' conservator accuses Jamie Spears of using Britney's money to defend himself, okay? <sighs> Lord, let me tell y'all what I think about Britney Spears, okay? I've told y'all last week, okay? I told you you can't tell no grown-ass person what to do. This is my, opinion. This is my personal opinion, you know? But um, let me pull this up here. What I personally think about Britney Spears is, you know, here's the thing. When I see such a a, a media conglomerate pushing for her to be, uh, you know, not to have a conservator, pushing against her family, her parents, and everything, I'm not saying I don't know who's bad and who's good, but I'm just saying when I see this big push in the media, everybody's like, oh, yes, give her back her thing. I can't help but to think that is there a greater powers behind the scene who want control of Britney Spears' asset. They know she's not well, right? They probably know. It, 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 see, it's so hard to see the smoke, the the clouds from the smoke, right? Because you have vultures in Hollywood who will prey on her not being well. They'll prop her up for the next 20, 40, 50 years, okay? 
until they have control of her music catalog or anything, you know, and have and 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 um and not want her family to have power and have control. I mean, I can see that, and you see that sometimes in a number of these cases. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, but am I going to keep fighting the system in front of my father? No, but let's just look at this article. It's from Cosmopolitan. It says, Brittany Spears' conservatorship case keeps getting wilder and wilder. Brittany is fighting to get her father, Jamie Spears, removed as one of her conservators. And also last week they said she may have told a little bit of stretch the truth, allegedly, about saying she couldn't get pregnant. They say that stuff was not true, okay? So I don't know, okay? But since her personal conservator, Jody Montgomery, is accusing Jamie of using millions, just millions, of Britney's money in order to pay his legal fees per people. Now, here's the interesting thing. I'm not hearing them say they want to get rid of a conservatorship. They just want to get rid of her father, it sounds like, which is interesting to me. Because who's this Jody, and where does she come from, and where does her interest lie? You know what I'm saying? But interesting. Jody's lawyer, Lorianne Wright, filed documents in Los Angeles court on Friday, July 9th. It is ironic that Mr. Spears now wants the conservatorship to reflect her wishes, since it is no secret that Mr. Spears has wished her uh, has wished her father out of her life for years. She claims in the doc- document. Um. Jody's lawyer also alleges that Jamie has used more than $2 million of his daughter's money to defend himself in an attempt to remain conservative of her estate. What? The claim that he used more than $2 million of Britney's money in order to remain in control of her money is mind-blowing. Like, my head hurts. Britney addressed the court worship last month, opening up about her wish to be removed from the 13-year uh, conservatorship. Uh, she, she said, I want to be able to share my story with the world, she said, per CNN. I want to be able to be heard by making uh, me keep this in for so long. It's not good for my heart. It concerns me. Now, here's the thing. Let her go. I know her father. It feels, this is what I believe. This is my personal, and I could be all wrong. I believe that when I see a push out here, a documentary getting released, talking about free Britney Spears and stuff like that, maybe she's being mistreated. Maybe her father's a jerk. Okay, could be, I don't know. But a lot of times when I see a push in the media and stuff, I tend not to believe, I always believe there's more influence behind it because it's not getting rid of her conservatorship. It's just transferring her conservatorship over to new folks. And when I see a father fighting so hard, I don't think, especially to be talked about and to be, uh, and maybe her father don't care, but I personally believe that there are vultures on the other side. But you know what? If I'm her father, I'm not. And I, I think he's probably trying to fight it. He's trying to hold on because he may see the writing on the wall, the ugly side of the music business and things like that, and know that Britney is not well in her head to make those decisions. He's trying to hold on, but uh-uh. I just feel like going to give it up. You can't do nothing. This It's Bigger powers that be, and if she ain't on your side and she talking stuff about you and saying she don't want you over her and you spending up her money and all that thing, which I'm not hearing how he's spending her money. I'm not hearing, like, is he mistreating the money? I'm not hearing nothing about that. What I'm hearing is crazy stuff, like she can't get pregnant. They say that was the outer thing. 
it sounds like a father who's just trying to help his daughter because she looks like she has been making wild decisions over the last several years, and she looks kind of wild. But my personal opinion is go and let her have it. Go and let her and the vote see if she can handle the vultures. And if if she can't, let her make her decisions in life. I personally believe it's a mistake in, in, in some senses. It's just a gut. I could be wrong. But something tells me, I don't know if she all the way right. But they'll make her seem like she all the way right if it's some vultures that's after that cow out. And if something never happens to her, her family will probably end up with nothing, okay? That's just my personal opinion, all right? Uh, very interesting case. Very interesting uh, with Britney Spears here. All right, so what else here, you guys? Okay, what else are we going to talk about? Uh, when I come back, we're going to talk about the Haitian president. Uh, well, should we talk about that right now before we go into break? We'll do that. Talk about. Okay, let me pull it up here. I wasn't expecting to talk about it before break, but I think I'm gonna go ahead and talk about this. Okay, this week you guys heard about the assassination of um, uh, of um, the president in Haiti, which you know Haiti has been going through. Um, what's the prime minister? Yeah, Haiti's. Uh, uh, Haiti's president, okay, it, they said it was a hit squad of 28 people. Haiti has been in such turmoil. You know, it's the first black republic, uh, and white supremacy has made it pay for being the first black Republican and kick, I mean, republic and kicking white supremacy in the ass, the first group to kick white supremacy really in the ass. And they made them pay for they. And in some sense, they put, you know, they've propped up leaders. They've put all kind of things, you know, in place. And since then, Haiti has just been just a, a pot of mess. It's been a lot going on, okay? Uh, but it's an interesting article from uh, the Times.co.uk, and it says Haiti's president is dead, but why did it take a squad of 28, hit squad of 28? The assassins had no escape plan, and rumors circulated that they were scapegoats for an outlandish plot, okay? Uh, it says one winding road, um, let's see here. A one winding road leading up to the president's mansion overlooking Port-au-Prince, Remnants of the murderous night are still evidence. Near Jovenel Moses' home, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, several bullet-riddled cars lie abandoned in the street. Some have been set on fire. All were left by an army of foreign mercenaries who, according to the Haitian police, came to assassinate the head of state in the early hour Wednesday. A neighbor, a man in his 20s who gave his name, only has Rosemont said he was woken by a series of explosions as the rampage began. At first, he assumed it was an earthquake, a drink that hunts all Haitians. Then my mom called me to tell me the president had been murdered, okay? Um, wow. So this article, let's see here, I'm trying to, if I can pull it up here. Hold on, let me get you guys. See if I can. I lost my little place thing in it. Hmm. 
Okay, let me go to another article here, okay? Because uh, my other one's stuck. But it says, the widow of slain Haitian President Jovenel Moses on Saturday accused shadowy enemies of organizing his assassination to stop democratic change as a struggle for power intensified in the Caribbean nation. Moses was gunned down, therefore, down before dawn on Wednesday at his home in Port-au-Prince by what Haitian authorities said was a unit of trained assassins, okay, comprised of 26 Colombians and two Haitian Americans. That's interesting. Doubts have grown through, uh, though, about the narrative, with families of at least two of the Colombians saying that they had been hired as bodyguards, okay. Um, Martin Moses who was wounded in the attack on the president's private residence and flown to Florida for medical treatment, said her husband was targeted for political reasons. You know who the president was fighting against, she said in a recording released on Twitter without naming anybody. They sent mercenaries to kill the president at his home with members of his family because of roads, water, electricity, and referendum, as well as elections at the end of the year so that there is no transition in the country. The late president has spoken of dark forces at play behind the years of unrest under his mandate. Rival politicians and oligarchs angry about his attempts to clean up government contracts and politics and proposed a referendum to change in Haiti's constitution. The referendum scheduled for September 26th, along with the uh, presidential and legislative elections, could abolish the prime prime minister's position. Uh, reshape the um, reshape the legislative branch and strengthen the presidency. Critics called it a power grab. Moses' killing has clouded those uh, plans and led to political disarray in Haiti, where acting government has appeared for uh, appeal for U.S. and U.N. troops. The U.S. said it had no plans to provide Haiti with military assistance, while the request to uh, the U.N. Uh, with the Security Council authorization. I think they went ahead and sent some troops anyway, though. This article may be a little dated, but I think they did. Um, uh, it says the U.S. said it had no plans to provide Haiti with military. Okay, late Friday, the man most he's appointed as prime minister just before the assassination claimed the right to lead Haiti, pitting him against acting head of state Claude Joseph, whose government has managed the response to the killing today. You know what? <clears throat> it's going to continue to be messy there, and I, you know, it's so sad. It's such a sad situation because there is shadow, shadow governments and governments who work behind the scenes to move people, especially more powerful governments and more powerful things who move people uh, they don't like if they're not puppets to bigger agendas and stuff like that, and they will hide behind civil unrest and all kinds of things that's going on in Haiti. So, man, it's just so sad, okay? Um, I don't, you know, I have to read more about this situation with this particular president. You know, the one person I really like to hear talk sometimes about Haiti and the political, and I don't really know where he's at. I know a few years ago, Wycliffe, to me, seemed genuine. I knew when they was trying to ruin his... uh, um, his, uh, when they was trying to talk shit about his, um, his, um, what is that? His charity. I said, that's the one. That's the right one. That's the right charity. They, they, they was, they was trying to come after Kawhi Cliff's charity, but didn't go after the Clinton Foundation with they punk asses. 
but ready to try to come at Wycliffe, okay, because he cared about his people. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, nah, 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 that's that's the one probably. He probably real shit. He probably about real, really about that uh, life. He really about the, his people. You, they was talking about, they didn't want to talk about the Red Cross getting all that money they got stolen. Y'all don't want to hear all the mess that's went over here, but they was trying to get on Wycliffe. <laughs> so I knew, I said, I said I get my money in Wycliffe's charity before anybody because his money, and I could be wrong on him, but I bet his money went goes to more local charities and stuff like that, you know, local, smaller, gets directly to the people because some shit don't get directly. You get to them big red crosses and shit like that, and end up going to some scandal stuff. Read about the Clinton Foundation in Haiti, but I'm, I'm you know, let me get out of here. Let me, let me. Let me talk my shit another day, okay? Um, but yeah, very interesting. I wanted to end it with that. You know, it's just a, um, it's a very interesting uh, some of the things that we are hearing around the world, the civil unrest, but specifically in Haiti. Haiti has had so many issues and so many problems. I think even the Dominican Republican now has it. So I forget they said they put up the borders. I don't know if that that even against I mean on that side of the island or whatever. It's just so interesting. I mean, the civil unrest that is going to that is going on there in that place, okay? Uh, and I just believe it's all from their history, you know. It's all from their history. Um, when I get back, we're going to talk about what did I want to talk to y'all about? What we got else? We got to go about. We got to talk about. Um, dang it. Get my news up. Oh, we got to talk about um, Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams and all the things that went down with her and um, Wendy Williams this week, her and Tabitha, the Tabitha lady. I want to touch on that a little bit. We'll talk about, uh, oh, what else? We got a whole lot. I don't, oh, Nick Cannon? Is it something about Nick Cannon? Oh, Nick Cannon this week talking about he's having these babies out here in these streets on purpose, which is more of disturbing. Okay? So we'll talk about that and a whole lot more when I get back. Meanwhile, let's listen to Bruno Mars with uh, Anderson Pock, Leave the Door Open. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. It's the late night edition. I hope y'all are enjoying it. I'll be back in a moment, okay? I look too good, look too good to be alone. My house clean, my pool warm, just shake.
the very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. Oh my goodness, you guys caught me eating. Mm-mm. I wasn't expecting to come back so soon. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I'm crunching the out here. I told you that's a messy show, okay? It is what it is. All right. Mm-mm. Okay, so we're back with the news. Flow uh, a tree that will say yes. Uh, okay, where do we start? Should we start with Drake having the date at the baseball stadium? Let's talk with that. Let's talk about that. I mean, like, what in the millionaire shenanigans is going on around here? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be impressed. I said, she must really like baseball. <laughs> That's what I thought. Like, she must really like baseball. But it says, uh, according to Source.com, it says, typically when one is a baseball, uh, one is on a baseball field, it is to attend the game unless you're a player. Then you're playing for, uh, then you are playing. For Drake, he's not the average person, so he does things a little differently. On Thursday night, Drake pulled up to Dodger Stadium not to watch the game, but for a dinner for two. The Toronto rapper was spotted on the Los Angeles Dodger field sharing an intimate moment, okay? Uh, the woman spotted with the four-time Grammy winner allegedly is Johanna Leah 
Leela Edelberg, who is the mother of his of high school basketball star Armari Bailey. Last month, Drake was spotted at a Sierra Canyon game with Michael B. Jordan. He happened to be seated next to Johanna Leela, upon which many speculated Drake's reason for attendance, okay? Um, Armana is a five-star recruit and a teammate of uh, Bronny James, okay? Last night, many assumed Drake would appear on Nicki Minaj's IG live while announcing her latest feature on Bia's Whole Lot of Money remix. Mm. Okay, so Drake took this chick out and they took a picture of him. Um, I don't know how they knew he was there, but <laughs> having a date with this woman on the field. I mean, I was like, she must really like baseball or something like that. You know, impress me. What would impress me? Chief Stadium? <laughs> Dinner for two? No, I mean... You know what I love? What would impress me? Anywhere near water. I'm a water person. I'm a water sign. I'm a Scorpio. So, yeah, I would have to be beaches or something like that or something. I'm, not, You know, I'd be like, okay. Even though I love sports, I'd be like, <laughs> Drake is an interesting character to me. This is a sidebar with Drake. And I've talked about this on this show before, Okay. You know, there are so many men, and I don't know this Leela lady. I don't know if she's, uh, you know, I don't know what she's mixed with or whatever, but there are so many men who love to, um, how can I say this, like pick up urban American lingo, because Drake is Canadian, you know, um, rap in a style that uh, kind of depicts in their songs American, around-the-way black girls, but they never hardly choose them. <laughs> it's very interesting to me. I, I call it the self, the advertising to black women. You need black women to validate you so that you can be imp- But Drake is, you know, important, I mean, you know, in some ways. Drake is... Uh, a very interesting character in hip hop to me. He is. I mean, a lot of the men we as black women support, you know. Sometimes I question. I mean, I'm not saying cancel them, but I question the dynamics of uh, of that. Sometimes people sell to us. Because they want our validation, but they don't necessarily find us appealing. Has marriage material appealing? Has relationship material stuff like that? It's very interesting. I don't know. Is it? It could be just me. I love Paris Milan talks a lot about this on her 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 channel, and you know, it, it, she had a very interesting t- thing about Nick Cannon this week too, which you know I totally agree with. Um, but speaking of Nick Cannon, let's go over into Nick Cannon real quick. Yeah, Drake did a nice little dinner out there. That was nice. Okay. Eh. <laughs> Congratulations to her, though. Seems like she's catching. All right, I can see her. Uh, it must be nice. <laughs> uh, let's go on to us. Uh, let's go. Let's go right on to. Let's talk about Nick Cannon since we're talking about um, Nick. 
I just say, Nick Cannon, I'm just disappointed. I don't care. You know, I know people say, well, he thinks he's sick. That, you know, one of the things that he doesn't think he, he'll have a long life, so he's having a bunch of babies. Uh, I don't understand. I don't think he understands issues about child abandonment and understanding how children growing up with a fa- without a father, how tough that is. Okay, so why you would re- populate the earth with a bunch of children and you plan on vacating or leaving? What if you don't leave too? I mean, it's just Nick Cannon is an interesting character to me, also. But let's let's play a little bit this week of when the City Girls had an interview with Nick Cannon and one of the advice they gave him, and it's interesting what he says about. It. One of them says to wrap it up, and Nick says that he's having kids on purpose, okay? The dumbest shit I've heard in a long time, okay? Uh, let's take a listen to uh, Nick Cannon, okay? If you had to give me one piece of advice, Jason, what would it be? Real advice now. I mean, just stay true to yourself and wrap it up. <laughs> like, wrap it up. Unless, unless like, wrap it up, like, hurry up and wrap it no, up. No, like, wrap it up, up and, and then, protect yourself. Wrap it up and protect yourself. Like, I'm having these kids on purpose. Okay, so if you have them on purpose, then fuck what I'm saying. Okay, so if you have these kids on purpose, then it's nothing I can tell you about your life. Because I don't want nobody telling me shit. So just talk be you. the best you. Talk your shit. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what is it? Some advice for me? She told me have fun, but wrap it up. If I, trust me, there's a lot of people I could have got pregnant that I did it. I, 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> we just have fun because you have fun. The ones that were supposed to get pregnant. <laughs> okay. I'll say yellow. There it is. You only live once. <sighs> Let me. I can't say enough. Jesus. Ladies out here, protect your womb. That's what I tell women, protect your womb. Your womb is important. Don't let this dusty motherfucker, Nick Cannon, non-monogamous ass, come in and impregnate you. I don't care how much money he got. Fuck that. Children's entrance into the world is very important. Okay, and how they enter the world is important. It ain't just through a bunch of dollar bills. It's in a space of love, in a space of comfort, because you set the tone for your child when you're pregnant. You set the tone for your child when you're carrying your child. If that child is being carried through chaos or chaotic things and stuff like that, it shapes the entrance into the world. And it can't feel good. This is my personal opinion. It can't be, and maybe these women do feel good, but it can't feel good to know that this motherfucker's going around populating the place like he's a like he's a, a roach, and like you're not special. I don't care. I've heard this week of something about he think he dying. Fuck that. Like I said, if you think you dying, then that's really a reason not to be having a bunch of kids. And why can't you have one with one family, one person? This is a dusty-ass Negro. I'm serious. You can be dusty and rich. 
dusty ass mofo. I don't like the behavior. I hope the daytime the daytime talk show. Listen, I'm sure that a lot of women are not going to maybe turned off by Nick. But I'm just like, you think, and, you know, and Pierce Milan said something interesting. You know, a lot of girls look biracial to me, which is black, which would be, to me, in my personal opinion, contributing to the black female singleness population. But she was like, look at the women he's doing. You know, she's saying he ain't even black women. They, they different, you know. And she broke that. You got to listen to Paris. If you guys listen, go to YouTube and listen to Paris Milan talk about Nick Cannon. She breaks it. She's really good at talking about it. But I'll just tell you all the straight-up facts, that when you start dealing with men like this who have no care, who's, who seem like he done had a mental fucking breakdown, who's running around just uh, populating up, having a bunch of time, I had them kids on purpose. Like, he sounds smart. I could have got a lot of people pregnant, but I the ones who got pregnant, trust me, they were supposed to get pregnant. You must, what? It's the worst. It's, the, it's just the worst. And because you know why I feel that way? Because I know I've, I've, I've been a child. I know how important it is, how important family is, family units are, two children, how important parenting is, even though I'm not a parent, but I understand it because I've been a child before. And you women who are out here allowing this motherfucker, because what he's going to do is he's having a bunch of kids and he thinks money can answer the questions for you, and a lot of you dumb bitches think money can answer the questions for you too. But the truth is, I said this on the last couple of shows before, the rearing of a child and the raising of a child is not just about money. Sure, you can have more things to get them nice things, but a lot of times kids are even more fucked up when they got a lot of money and their father ain't there or their father not a, a, a strong participant or he got kids every fucking week. He is no way Nick Cannon can divide his time up reasonably between show business and having motherfucking villages. Okay, don't let his ass fool you. You will be raising that child alone probably most of the time, and maybe he can afford to get you a couple of nannies or whatever. And he's probably going to go broke if he keep populating and he don't die. Yeah, Howard Stern spoke about that, too. Y'all got to listen to Paris Milan's thing because she played Howard Stern when he asked him, what if something don't happen to you and you have all these babies you end up? Because child support will come. Bitches will get mad and they will go get child support on your ass. I'm just so disappointed in Nick Cannon. I just, you know, I, you know, this is what happens when good guys get when good guys who are actually I'm, I'm gonna just say it, dudes who really, if they didn't have money, would probably be lame. Nick would be a lame. Nick is Nick is Nick Nick is a good boy who got a lot of money, and now he's he is. He, in his in his mind, the humility isn't there. 
that would be there if he didn't have that money. Now he feels like he can fuck around with whoever he wants to run around here, do every you know, do everything. He's really a lame, to be honest. That's what he really feels like in his soul. That's what he really knows he is. And so he knows that the money gives him ego and gives him drive and all this stuff. And so now he would, he, he wants to exercise that. You know what I'm saying? I just I just feel like he this is what happens when when uh, insecure males and men who are insecure in their manhood uh, have to prove themselves. I hope he think about whatever made him become so damaged as an adult that he with the shit he's doing right now, he, I hope he he goes back in his childhood and recognizes what made him so fucking insecure. Cause I'm sure it's probably gonna do with some parenting parenting issues. Okay, I wonder was Nick was Nick born to was Nick born to a single mama? Let me see this. Let me go here. Let's see. Cause you know I got the I'm no. Here, Nick Cannon on uh, looking up to see his, his his what he was born in. Let me see, was he a single? I bet it was a single parent. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, here it is. Cannon, this is a, this is according to Wikipedia. It could be wrong. Cannon was born on October 8, 1980, in San Diego, California. Cannon was largely raised by his paternal grandfather whom both he and his biological father called dead. So he has double abandonment issues. So he's, because it sounds like he wasn't raised by his mom. Cannon grew up in Lincoln Park's Bay Vista Housing Projects, which is a gang-ridden section of southeast San Diego. While in his teenage years, he was affiliated with Lincoln Park Blood Street Gang. Nick Cannon wasn't the shit. They was probably putting Nick Cannon's ass wasn't up. You know what? <laughs> if he was, it'd be you know okay. Uh, let me just say this, okay, about Nick Cannon. It's clear that Nick Cannon was raised by they're saying by his paternal grandfather most of the time. So it's clear that he has abandonment issues, probably mommy issues. How he sees women is very important. Women pay attention. This is a young man who was not born in certain circumstances, okay? And so he, he and it, it says it doesn't say anything about his grandmother. I don't know if his grandmother was there or not. So it's important, you know, maybe he has a, a certain vision of men and a certain image of women. There may be issues, uh, 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 the abandonment issues concerning mommy issues and stuff like that. While you chicks is out here getting pregnant by this motherfucker, look at his background, see what his problem is. It's surprising that a man who didn't have his own parents raise him, who thinks he's allegedly maybe dying, would go around and reap and populate the fucking and leave kids out here abandoned again, which he's kind of seems like he's going to be kind of doing anyway. 
because he's not, show business is not going to allow him to be there like he needs to be. So this is just a very interesting, this dude is very interesting, and I'm, I'm sure it's psychological problems from childhood, okay? Sad, okay? Sad. Sad Nick Cannon. I don't know, it's just a hot mess to me. Ain't my business, though. Nick Cannon, go around. If you bitch want to get pregnant by Nick Cannon, go do what you got to do. Okay. <laughs> oh, Lord. DMX cause of death revealed, okay? This is according to Yahoo.com. It says, DMX, uh, here's what we know about the late rapper's passing. It says, it has been months since hip-hop legend Earl DMX Simmons passed away. Now his loved ones and fans are getting more details on his tragic and untimely death. According to Vulture on July the 8th, a source from the Westchester County Medical Examiner's Office told the outlet that DMX death is officially listed as a cardiac arrest due to cocaine intoxication. It was a cardiac arrest for a period of time, so there's no circulation to the brain, the source said, before adding that consumption of illegal substance was that was what subsequently led to the lethal chain of events which caused the rapper's death, okay? Last week I played for y'all. Remember I played F.D. Bourne's Stay Off Off That Cocaine, Get Up Off That Crack. I ain't going to play it this week. I should, should play it after we hear this, this. Because you know why? Listen, drugs are not good. Damn. Especially when you're in show business. I mean, you know, it's the vulture circle around when you ain't high. Let alone when you're getting fucking high. It's sad. And it's sad because he left his family, left children and everything, you know, and he struggled with addiction, prayers for his family. And now, you know, they even said last week, okay, a couple of weeks, and I didn't get to read this story because I was off, but his apparently his fiance, you know, he had been living with her for a number of years and they had a child together. I guess she went to try to get, um, you know, tried to say she was common law married and try to get control of his estate. See, ladies, let me just talk. Let's talk for a minute. This is why it's important. What Beyonce said, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Is that what Beyonce said? Set the sun, put a ring on it. Don't be mad when you see that he won. <laughs> Listen, it is important to have uh, the, the to be married, okay? You know, this a lot of this stuff. I don't know if y'all heard about the stories like during nine eleven when nine eleven happened. They said a lot of times, a lot of people, a lot of women were living with men who they weren't married to, and a lot of their wives who they hadn't divorced came back and took property and stuff. There were a lot of those types of stories and stuff. Listen, ladies, don't have let nobody be, especially if they got money. And you are they got the potential to have money, you know, because he didn't have no money when he, I mean, you know, he with certain things, he was going through money changes when he was alive. But listen, a man with a name, a man with a name like DMX, a man with a name who is famous, he always has the potential to make coins, okay? His fame, even in death, okay? He has the potential to make coins. So if you're playing house with these type of men, are you having children? Make sure that you have something in writing, something that protects you and your child, okay? 
Don't be just living up in these houses with these men and giving them your womb, loaning out your womb and stuff for no, for nothing. When we start to, when y'all start talking babies, start talking contracts. I ain't playing, ladies. You gotta do that. You gotta do that because this poor girl is had to go to court and these she got like sixteen kids. She's trying to get control of his estate, but she couldn't. She was denied because she ain't married. That's fucked up. And now she got to wait in court like everybody else in the mother 15 kids. Shit, the state probably going to be controlling his estate or one of the older kids. You know what I'm saying? Had she been married, had there been a will in place giving her some sort of responsibility or something, It's sad. Rest in peace to DMX. It's just it's very sad. Man, wow. All right, here's this other story. Sharon Stone, 63, has been dating rapper RMR, whoever that is, 25 for several months. <laughs> has a two-party at, two at L.A. hotspot. Is that why Sharon Stone, Sharon... First of all, Sharon, now Sharon. <laughs> you know, when Maxwell and D-Nice had their, uh, what they have? Maxwell and D-Nice had his, they were celebrating the 25th anniversary of Urban Hang Suite, and D-Nice had on, um, what is D-Nice? D-Nice had on, like, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I mean, not Jimmy Jam. Jimmy Jam came on. Uh, not Terry Lewis, Jimmy Jam, and I think uh, Matthew Stewartman, and then uh, it was um, Sharon Stone popped to him. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was kind of wild. She was like, God, man, she's gushing and talking about how big of a fan she makes. Well, Sharon, I will fight you too, okay? I'll play. <laughs> what was you up in there trying to do? Don't be coming. Uh-uh, you and Miss Tina, off the limits, okay? I'm not playing games over here. You and Miss Tina, <laughs> you better be hanging with this rap. Sharon like her some, Sharon like Sharon, Sharon like her some baby. I was like, wait a minute, what's Sharon stuff doing up in this road out here? Sharon, what you doing here? Sharon was trying, Sharon, Sharon might be trying to hide Maxwell. I, I see you, Sharon. But anyway, she's a 25-year-old. Man, what are you doing, girl? The two have reportedly been seeing each other for several months already. The, this month, the duo hit Los Angeles hotspots with his party pals like Chris Brown. <laughs> the 63-year-old basic XC star is reportedly, this is according to DailyMail.com, it says uh, it's been dating 25-year-old rapper RMR for the past several months. The two have been on several dates since. So far this month at hot spots like Delilah and the Highlight Room in Los Angeles, where the Kardashians often hang out, has she gets to know the musician. Girl, Sharon, you ain't trying to get no Sharon, Sharon trying to get her some young penis. Listen, girl. <laughs> you know, I feel like she's she's Sharon Stone. What are you doing? <laughs> And this dude runs around with a mask on his face. Girl. 
Spirit, I would love to see it though. I love to see. <laughs> I just don't understand it. I don't. I don't know what's going on out here. <laughs> Sixty-one. <laughs> Sharon. I mean, like, there's some great men. I mean, in your age bracket. <laughs> what the hell is cool? I mean, I, <laughs> oh no, they couldn't get her. They couldn't set her up. <laughs> but, but it, you know what? It's genera It's generating a lot of publicity for him and for her. You know, because people are like, she's running around with this rapper. I mean, at least get a hot rapper here. And I don't know who RMR is. Who is he? I'm not sure. <laughs> but she's having fun, I guess. Lord, long as it ain't sharing. Long, you know what I'm saying. Long, you can have your fun. Don't be playing with boo. <laughs> Run around with RMR. Okay. <laughs> it was so funny because I was talking to my girlfriend the other day. Because I was telling her we was laughing about, um, she had, she sent me this clip. Because my, all my friends know I'm a huge Maxwell fan, right? So she sent me this clip of Max of, of Miss Tina uh, when she was having a, they was having a little party and Maxwell was performing. And like Richard was pointing over at somebody for Maxwell to sing to or something, and she said he like he like get out of my way. I said that's right. That's what I said I wrote back. That's right, <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Don't let Miss Tina get hurt out here. <laughs> oh my girlfriend, we was we was cracking up. We just be joking. <laughs> my friend be like, "No, you ain't. You heard somebody about Maxwell? No, I'm." I just be talking shit, <laughs> but it's fun, okay? They know that's that's my that's my imaginary boo, Maxwell. <laughs> okay, you guys. So that is so funny that she is so story, but she did really. This is true, true deal. She did pop up at. The, I don't know if they got that on video or somewhere. If you can see it on YouTube or not, but when D Nice did this thing with Maxwell, Sharon Stone popped up like out of the blue. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? She said she was a fan. She probably get out and get a date. <laughs> a mess, honey. Sharon is wild out these streets messing with this rapper. Twenty five. Lord have mercy. Even I think they were seeing Vivica Fox was talking about uh, Fifty Cent. I got. I didn't put that up. This is something about Vivica Fox was talking about Fifty Cent. Or is it this week when she's supposed to talk to uh, Wendy? She kind of supposed to reveal something kind of. Something about 50 Cent, I don't know. But I like, you know what, now I can see Vivica with 50. It's a different, you know, a different ball game. <laughs> for him, too, he's much older, a little bit more mature or something like that. It would be a good look for him, too. I could see that. I could see, I could see. I wouldn't be surprised at that kind of thing. Okay. This week, Valerie Bertinelli gets teary after a critical comment about her weight. Where's the compassion? This is according to People.com. And I wanted to share this story, but it says Valerie Bertinelli is speaking out after reading a disparaging comment about her weight. In an emotional video on Thursday, the Food Network star, who has been open about her complicated relationship with food and self-image, wrote that she was going through some recipes online. She made the mistake of reading the comments. Someone decided to point out that I need to lose weight, she wrote. 
you're not being helpful. When you see somebody that's putting some weight weight on, my first thought is the person is obviously going through some things because if I can lose weight and keep it off, I would, she said. But since I haven't uh, been successful with that my whole entire life, uh, at 61, I'm dealing with it, continuing. She added, you think I'm not tired of it, lady? Where's the compassion? You're a stupid little, you, you think a stupid little comment like you need to lose weight, not fucking helpful. Okay, you know what? Let me just say this, and I said this on the show here. Like I talked about when I talked about Anita Baker, and I wasn't trying to be mean, like because Anita Baker isn't big, big. She, you know, she's not big, big, and I'm not, you know, she's not big as me. I don't think, you know. But I said she needs to lose because she looked like she was, like you know, just lazy and around. But you know, getting the studio. I wasn't saying that to lose weight, like being mean, like saying she's fat. Just saying, get yourself in shape, get out here so you can get back on the end, just on tour, so like that. I'm not saying that type of thing, because you know, there's a certain healthy thing you need to be on when you doing tour, when people are touring. I know big people tour, but I'm just saying there's a certain, you know, thing they go through. I'm just talking about getting in shape, not losing weight as far as when we talking about fat thing. I understand the weight issue. I understand what Valerie's talking about. I have struggled with weight since my late 20s, okay? And, you know, because my family, I got my daddy, my mama, my mother is bigger, though, now that she's older. But my mother and my mother's side of the family, my grandmother and them, they're naturally small people. But my daddy's side of the family is we they hips, booty, and ass for days. And I was born with hips, <laughs> ass, and ass, and legs. <laughs> I got it all. And even when I exercise, like I have to watch because my I build, I build muscles. My legs are still big, you know what I'm saying. So it's hard. It's a fight for me to lose weight. So I get what Valerie's talking about. Uh, it's a fight for me to come down like I came down. It was a fight and a fucking half. I tell you that, and it's still a fight. Damn it, it's a fight. I sniff certain foods. I be like, damn. <laughs> but um. And I be looking at it, like I was watching, uh, it was Angela Simmons' sister when she was on last year ago. <laughs> she was on, what was she on? Uh, growing up hip-hop, and she was talking about she had gained weight. I was like, bitch, you skinny. <laughs> gained weight. <laughs> but listen, body image today, it is so over the top. I mean, it is. I mean, you see perfect bodies everywhere, and there, and everybody sometimes just fucking with people's eye gate. They expect for everybody to look like these bitches that's off the Instagram pages and stuff. I understand that a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them, they got a lot of surgery. And she, I ain't talking about nobody getting surgery because one day you might see me in the surgeon's office. I've been thinking about a couple of things. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not against surgery. I'm against surgery for young girls because I don't understand why the fuck y'all getting surgery. But uh, unless it's something really bad. But older women, no. If you need to get the lip, the boobs lifted and the you know and some things tightened up, so I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that at all. Okay. But there is this unnatural uh, uh, thing happening out here that is. Ooh, even putting pressure on women like Valerie as they gay, as they grow older. It's, 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 it is. It's, it's a struggle. It is a constant. And so you're battling these new body images and everything, and it is it's hard. So I understand what Valerie Bertinelli is saying. 
sometimes people, you know, you got to have compassion with people. You know, I say shit some here sometimes where I'm not compassionate. But it means, like, you know, uh, when you tell somebody they need to lose weight, there's a way to do it. You know what I'm saying? And, and she's always been very open with her struggle with the weight. I love that about Valerie Bertinelli. She has always been very open about that, okay? And listen, here's the thing. Some of your favorites, like Beyonce the other day, they were showing pictures of Beyonce, and she ain't got a little hefty. I always, I love Beyonce's. She used to like when Beyonce used to talk years ago when they didn't make her, when she wasn't a robot. You know, before that robot or the MK Ultra took over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's what y'all. That's what y'all say out here in these Illuminati streets. I don't know, but she. I remember she used to say that she loved certain types of food, and she was like she. She struggles with her weight too. She talked about that years ago, because you know she's one of those chicks. She's thick. She's uh, she's a naturally thick girl. She's probably one honey bun away from. So she probably has to watch her weight all the time because she's a naturally thick girl, right? She's a naturally kind of built girl. She always has been. So, you know, um, it probably takes a lot to maintain that body. Plus she dances and all that stuff. But it's probably a lot, a lot. We don't even know the pain people go through in order to chit. Y'all don't know. This morning my ass was up at 7-something this morning. <laughs> Fucking doing this exercise just to get my ass to just to maintain, okay? Just to get my ass down. It's a struggle. So I understand Valerie Bertinelli. I'm serious. I I, I get it. I get that. I get it. And even though you know, um, I just I, you know I I I hope. And then, you know what? At times, a lot of times, these people are really small, especially people. You know, they're trying to get slender according to showbiz standards, okay, which is a whole different thing, right? So, um, but, yeah, she's always been very open about her weight, so it's kind of mean to kind of do that. But, man, wow. When I say stuff like that, I mean people to get their ass in gear, okay? I'm not telling you to lose weight because you look fat. I'm just saying get your ass in gear, get in shape, get back whatever you got to do to get your strength up, to get back out there. That's what I was talking about with Anita Baker. I wasn't talking about her being big. I'm saying get your ass out and get your get your strength back up so you can go back on these tours. <laughs> Ain't no damn retirement right now. <laughs> but Valerie Bertinelli in terms of losing, and I've gotten on Lizzo on here. The reason why I get on Lizzo is not about her weight. I got on Lizzo about becoming a caricature. Because we got to straighten it. Because some of y'all say, you get on Lizzo. No, I got on Lizzo because she's always shaking her ass and stuff. You don't want to become a caricature, like where they start joking. Like, I love her body positivity. And there's nothing wrong with twerking. You know, when she does that and has a good time or whatever, wearing her bathing suits and all that, I don't have no problem about that. But when you're constantly doing it, constantly, for big women, unlike somebody like Rihanna, for bigger women, it becomes that becomes a caricature or a joke or something. I hate that it does, but people, if you keep doing it over and over again, people don't look at it anymore as body positivity. So people start thinking of you, start reversing the joke back on you. So I think she has to be very careful with always trying to um, show her body in the name of body positivity, right? Because it, sometimes it starts to be some sort of gimmick. So, um, 
yeah, but very interesting uh, that they got on her. And, you know, the Internet, it can be a cruel place. I mean, you know, shit, it is what it is, okay? So, uh, but I, I, I didn't like that about with her because she's always been very, very open about her weight and her struggles with weight, okay? So I, I, I can't really uh, accept y'all getting on Valerie like that. All right, so what else here? Uh, what do I want to talk about? We're going to talk about Alicia Keys. <sighs> Apparently, y'all got, let me talk about Alicia for a minute. This is according to, uh, and that was from People.com about Valerie Bertinelli. Okay, apparently this is from UpRocks.com. It says, Alicia Keys' new Netflix film is getting roasted on Twitter for being a little too realistic. Okay, y'all got y'all, y'all had Alicia trending, too, a couple of days ago. But it says, Resort to Love, a new Netflix movie coming out this month produced by Alicia Keys is garnering a lot of attention on Twitter today. Unfortunately for her, the buzz consists less of excitement to see the movie than it does fans trolling it for its premise. The film, which stars Key's fellow 2000 Pops fixture, Christine, Christine, Christina Million, has a singer who gets booked for her ex's wedding and winds up romancing him away from his new fiancé, is reminding fans of Key's own affair with Swiss Beats, who divorced his wife, Mashonda, and Mary Key's the same month in 2010. I didn't know he did it the same month. Oh, shit. <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> that ain't funny. My favorite, though, let me tell y'all, sidebar. When Mashada was on that reality show in that mansion, child, that's what did it switch. That's what fucked y'all. She was messy boots back then. <laughs> I'm glad y'all all blended family now going on vacation and shit. Her ass was messy as fuck. <sighs> Damn, the same month. <laughs> Poor Alicia. Love can be messy, sure, but the film's plot is hidden a little close to home for some fans. Prompting a roast session of trend-worthy proportions, the jokes came flying breakneck speed to the point out to point out obvious similarities between Key's real life love story and the one she produced, which apparently asked viewers to sympathize with the would be homewrecker point of view. <laughs> a movie produced by Homewrecking about who? And somebody got the uh, you know. Uh, what's his name? Uh, what's, let me listen to some of these tweets. Uh, I know that ain't who I think it is. <laughs> I know that ain't who I think it is. <laughs> you know, from ATL with uh, with uh, Big Boy, say, I know that ain't who I think it is. That's what they got, a movie about homework and produced by who? Y'all leave Alicia. Alicia never letting us forget she took that gal, man. <laughs> it's, it happens. Shit. It's funny, Alicia Keys produced a movie about having feelings for somebody else's fiance. <laughs> Not a sad bitch love story produced by Alicia Keys. <laughs> Twitter is hideous. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let me see. Oh, listen, let me just say this. Alicia, <laughs> I always said she just needs to own that shit, shit. 
Alicia, Alicia is, you know, Alicia be trying to show y'all the hug a tree side. She don't want to be showing y'all the, top, the side that took Mashana's man. She didn't really take him. I, this is what I feel. I feel like it was teetering on being over. It was like teetering, like teetering. And Alicia came in there and said, shit, okay, it's almost over. Let me convince you that it's over. <laughs> can't, you can't argue with that? Show. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get to your soulmate. Shit. Mashonda in that mansion is some shit. I need to find that YouTube with Mashonda in the mansion when she was in the mansion. That's what did that shit. That's what. Alicia, they ain't gonna never let you live it down, sis. <laughs> but you know why they ain't gonna let you live it down? Because people thought so much of you. And here's the thing about Alicia Keys, I think y'all need to understand. She is beautifully flawed, okay? Shit. A lot of people are, okay? And I think that she's been she she she's been trying sometimes to live up to that image before then. That's probably a little bit of her problem. You know, when it's kind of gone now, <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay to be flawed. It's okay that you had a messy situation that caught you your current man, but you got beautiful children, and you got your man, okay? And you, y'all all going on vacation, blend, singing blended family songs and shit. It's all good. <laughs> See how it all works out in the end, shit. Turn Smith and Mashonda was going on book tours. What was it, last year? A year before last week, one of them book tours. About that book. <laughs> I just, you know what, if I was Alicia, I'd be laughing at my damn self. Shit, I'd be like, okay, yeah, y'all got jokes, y'all got jokes. <laughs> I mean, you know, what can you do? Damn. The same month? Alicia, what y'all think was going to happen? Shit, I didn't know it was the same month. All this time, who knew? Damn. Y'all didn't wait at least two to three months? To, they was like, fuck that, we can't wait. But Shonda, fuck it, we getting ready to get me. That's why Shonda was standing in that mansion. <laughs> you don't feel bad, Alicia. Gabrielle Union's out here to join you. It's a whole bunch of women. I don't feel bad. Don't feel worse than that. These people on Twitter, they just extra. They, Twitter just a gangster place, okay? Don't you feel bad, shit. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. We got to go on break. When I come back, I'm going to tell you all the stories I'm going to try to hit on this week because I don't know if I'm going to do all the stories tonight. I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to do all the stories tonight. I was supposed to leave you all early. Dang. Dang, it is late. <laughs> but maybe I'll finish them up. We'll, who knows? Okay, okay. So we'll get. We'll, I'll come back in a moment. But we're gonna play a little something. Go on break, and I will be back. And we will uh, see if we're gonna finish this, or we're gonna. I'm gonna tell you, or I'll tell y'all a little bit of the what we're gonna do in the show a little bit later on today or this evening. Okay, but let's hear new edition. Oh yeah, we gotta talk about new edition. New edition is doing a residency in Vegas in 2022, baby, baby. Y'all know how I feel about new edition. 
I got some new do I got some new edition stories? Y'all know I got some new edition stories. I'll tell y'all some new edition stories when I get back. But meanwhile, here is Once in a Lifetime Groove New Edition. All right. The CC show. I'm Carlotta. It's the late night edition of Hot Topics. I'm hyped. Y'all, let's go to New Edition. I'll be back in a moment. <laughs>
one of my favorites from New Edition, Once in a Lifetime Groove. That, y'all, that's my jam, okay? Okay, so if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know I'm a super duper, 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 duper New Edition fan. My two favorite groups, okay? New Edition, number one, always my heart, my babies, I call them. <laughs> and... My second voice to me. I love voice to me. Just like kin to each other because Michael, you know, Michael discovered voice to me, right? So, like, there's so many stories in my house. My grandparents will have a thousand stories to tell you about new additions. My grandparents will tell new edition stories and make y'all laugh, okay? Because we were seriously in love with new edition. It was, it was no joke. We were seriously, like, in love. Like, we had a – one of my friends the other day said it. She was like, y'all – she said, y'all were legendary. Remember, y'all Y'all were the Earth Angels, right? She says on Facebook, I was like, yes. We, we were – we had Earth Angel jackets. <laughs> we were in love. <laughs> my house, my room. First, it was Michael Jackson posters. It was Michael Jackson posters everywhere, okay? And then Michael went to, like, he got a little slither of the room, and then suddenly I had new edition posters up everywhere. The Count Me Out posters. Let me tell you, man, it was beautiful. (laughs) I was like, I see my friends used to come over. I mean, They'd be like, damn, girl, I like, I have new edition posters on the ceiling, okay, because I had MJ posters. So I, I was in, listen, here, y'all don't know, okay. <laughs> new edition was my shit. That's what, oh, my God, my favorite. And every time before we went, we went to school, before every school year, I would play, my friends would meet over at my house, and I'd play new edition uh, H. S-C-H-O-O-L, you got to go to school and ring that bell. That's, you got to be a true New Edition fan to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we was for real about New Edition, okay? So let me tell you, a bitch will run to Vegas <laughs> for the 2022 show, okay? Listen, that's where I have them. Like with Maxwell and, and, and stuff, I'd be trying to be cute at the time. I'd be like, trying to keep, you know, trying to be cute. And, and poise, but new edition, uh-uh, they, there's no poise. <laughs> I'm just screaming like I'm a teenager. <laughs> Talking about, seriously, I am a new edition fanatic. I am going to, I'm a new edition lifer. I'm sorry. I love me some new edition. Tons of new edition stories. I have a new edition story when I met new edition. Stories about when I tried to meet new edition. We have a hilarious story about Jermaine Jackson. I don't know if I've ever told the Jermaine Jackson story on here. Should I tell it tonight? It's late. I might as well. <laughs> okay. So we were fanatics. New edition crazy, okay? But we used to meet a lot of celebrities, okay? So we find out where Jermaine, Jermaine Jackson is in town to do some sort of show. I can't even remember how it happened. But we found out some sort of way we found out where Jermaine Jackson was and we call and we get into Jermaine Jackson and we get to talk to him on the phone. Like he's like we get in on 
we even did a spot. Like, I think it was it like the 93.3 or something when we talked to him or something. It was something stupid. It was something there. But me and my friend Gail, okay, who was another new addition here, okay, she's crazy. She was more crazy than anybody. She was in love with Ralph. It was so weird because they used to call her Miss Traz Vance. When she'd get an eighth hour, she wouldn't go to eighth hour unless they called her Miss Traz Vance over the intercom. And so, you know, it was seriously that crazy in our school. You know, we were that crazy. So in, in school, they'd be like, Miss Trasvent, Miss Trasvent, Gayla, please report to your eighth hour. <laughs> We'd all be laughing because she was, she was terrorizing the teachers to call her Miss Trasvent. <laughs> okay, that's how nutty we were. So Jermaine Jackson, we talked to him some sort of way. I can't remember. We're on the phone, and I'm asking him everything about the Jacksons, and he's so sweet. He's so kind. He's doing some sort of Budweiser Fest or something in Kansas City, which we're going to. And my friend Gayla is like, do you know New Edition? That's not, she doesn't even care. She didn't even care that we're talking to Jermaine Jackson. She's like, do you know New Edition? He's like, well, I think I may have met him once before. All she wants to talk to Jermaine Jackson about is New Edition. <laughs> it was embarrassing. But it was still a pleasant conversation. He's really nice. That's when Dynamite was out. Was Dynamite out then? Y'all remember Dynamite? I got to play Dynamite on the show. One of my favorite Jermaine Jackson songs, by the way. The video is the shit. Michael stole the concept of that bad video off of Dynamite, okay? Shit, Dynamite was my shit back in the day. Yes. I have funny stories. We used to love to meet celebrities. We used to meet so many rappers. I I have so many stories. I can't. I cannot even tell y'all about the stories. I've got plenty of stories. <laughs> As a kid, oh my God! I have to. I, but we all, our our dream was New Edition, and I, we finally met New Edition when I was like fifteen or sixteen. I can't remember, but we. I didn't really skip school because I told you. Know, I got to be off school that day. And my grandma, it was a new edition concert. My grandma was like, okay, you stay home. So I was like, I want to try to meet a new edition. My grandma's like, listen here, little girl. It's my grandma. Listen here, little girl. Don't be going to nobody's hotel room. <laughs> and don't be getting your little self caught up. With she, I mean, my grandma would be straight up, okay? My grandma. My grandma liked that. My grandma didn't play no games, okay? So me and all my little friends, we go down to the hotel. Funny story. I don't even know if I've ever shared this story. I may have. I shared it with a thousand people. But, okay, we go down to the hotel, right? And it's the Any Heartbreak Tour. Is it the Any Heartbreak? I think it's the Any Heartbreak Tour, right? So I haven't even told you all about New Editions, the deal New Editions on. I'm going to get to that in a minute. I'm telling y'all this story because I'm building up for the idea. Okay, so it's the Any Heartbreak Tour. I'm like a sophomore in high school. And they came to Westport, too. They came to the senior building. They came to visit. They were visiting schools. And they came to – that's a that's a funny story about that, too. Yeah, funny story about that. That was during the Off and Love Tour, I think. But let's get back to the Any Heartbreak. So my, some of my friends skipped school. I didn't. I was a goody two-shoes. So I go – we get – to the hotel, and we're, like, hanging out at the hotel trying to meet New Edition. We're like, New Edition's here. You know they're here. 
And in those days, you get away with shit like that, okay? So we go to the gift store. We bought candy. We found out what floor the new edition was on. Oh, my God. Funny story. This is a true story. So we go up on the floor, right? And new edition, this is a true story. They know we're out there. They're laughing. They're running in and out of their rooms. We can't catch them. It's a true story. True story. I'm not lying. My friend Gayla tries to even steal a maid uniform. I mean, we try everything, okay? We're young. We're dumb, okay? But we have fun, okay? So we go downstairs and we're thinking, oh, man, bum, we're not going to get to meet them. They're just playing. Huh? It's a long day. It's exhausting. So my friends go out. We got to get ready for the concert because the Heartbreak New Edition concert is that night, okay? I go back in. My friends are outside. They all sit, they're all sitting outside, and I go back in the hotel to use the payphone because back then we used payphones. We didn't have cell phones. <laughs> so I went to go use the payphone. I don't know what I was doing. I think I was calling my granny to tell her I was on my way home or whatever. I don't know what. No, I was calling my friend, Alicia, She's one of my best girlfriends. She didn't come down with us, okay? I'm on the phone, and I'm like, yeah, I'm telling her, we didn't get to meet him. We went on our way home. We're having this discussion because I told her I would call her, you know, or something like that. I can't remember. I know I was talking to her. So I called her. I remember putting the quarter in and calling, and then all of a sudden I hear, oh, no, I didn't tell you all the part, first part. So we meet Ronnie DeVoe's uncle with their chore- choreographer. We meet him first. Pain, pain. I forget his last name, first name. But he came down and he talked to us. He was laughing with us and he was joking. He was like, y'all were up there for how long? And so we were like, could you get us an autograph? And so he goes and gets us an autograph. We're super psyched. He brings us all down autographs. He brings me this autograph. It's really, listen here. I was a cutie, okay? I was a cutie. So he brought me an autograph and my autograph was signed differently. (laughs) And my friend gave us like, why is her autograph signed differently? <laughs> I don't know why, but I liked it. I was I was hyped. <laughs> As I tell y'all my new edition story. Okay, so, right? So, here we, wait a minute, y'all hear, oh, y'all hear music. Oh, my God, sorry. I had y'all play the music playing. Sorry. So, so new, sorry, y'all messed up. Okay. So my autograph was signed different. It was like, it was just, everybody else was like, two such and such, uh, love new edition. Mine was like, to Keisha, stay sweet, new edition. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh. I was so happy because mine was all different. He was like, that's for you, young lady. I was like, oh, my God, I was so hyped. So, okay. So I go back in to use the phone. We talk to him. He's really nice and everything. He said, oh, I don't know if we're going to come down and, you know, and everything. So he goes back. He comes back in, too. So I'm on the phone, and suddenly I hear, like, a, like somebody, and I'm like, I turn around, and there is all new additions. I want to faint, but I can't. And they're like, hi. And we're like, I'm like, hi. I can hardly speak. I can hardly talk. And I just hang up on my friend. Quick. And they said, you can come out with us. I was like, uh, no. I'm so scared. I'm like, no, that's okay. I'm, I'm standing at the window. My friends are looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing? And so, I, and so they're like, okay. And so 
I they come out and they say hi to all my friends. They shake their hands. They sit. They they and then I come out behind them and they shake my. They like. And like, it's so nice to meet y'all. We're freaking out, okay? We don't want to look like we're freaking out, but we're freaking out, okay? Especially me. I'm totally freaked out. Get into the van, and I remember this moment, okay? I was standing there, and one of New Edition gets a camera out and takes a picture. I started, I was like, no, did they take a picture of me? I was so, I was so hyped. I thought I was this shit from that moment on. You couldn't tell me shit. So that is my crazy-ass new edition story. Thank you, guys. You guys now know I am a true-ass fucking new edition fan, okay? We were stuck. We had, and that's not even half of our new edition stories, okay? My grandparents can tell you some new edition shit. <laughs> they were having me laughing for days. <laughs> we were real serious about new edition, me and my friends, okay? So, which brings me to the news right now about new edition. It says they're back. Six new edition group members headed on tour, now rep by creative artist agency, okay? It says Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mouse, Ralph, and Johnny are back together again in uh, the legendary new edition, uh, and this is according to blackenterprise.com. Group will be hitting the road for an epic tour according to a press release. Yes, there have been a lot of bumps in the road for the legendary R&B group new edition, but it seems they are starting anew and will be represented by creative artist agencies for starters. Group members, uh, Ronnie, uh, Bobby, Ricky, Michael, Ralph, and Johnny signed to creative agency, uh, signed with creative agency to represent R&B group and manage members' musical endeavors. Uh, CAA is the world's leading entertainment sports media agency, according to company's website. New Edition will be represented for by CAA for tours, theater, literature, TV, film production, and composing. The uh, the statement also read: Members of the popular music group, which began to rise in popularity in the '80s, experienced a great deal of transition from solo career to riffs, but now they are uh, they return uh, to meet to the music circuit together. Okay, so they're supposed to be doing one of the things they're supposed to do be doing is a residency at Vegas. I've already said to my girlfriend, so like, we've got to we, you know, we've seen new edition a thousand times but not in Vegas. Baby, we got to be we got to be in Vegas for new edition. We were supposed to be we were supposed to do the star the Hollywood star for new edition. But we kinda it's some I forgot what happened and we couldn't we didn't end up doing it. I forgot it was it was something too. I think it was something I forgot what it was. But we're we're, we're for real about New Edition, okay? So we're gonna be in Vegas. We're gonna be in Vegas in New Edition. God bless. We're gonna peak in Vegas. I'm so excited for them because you know they've been breaking up. They've been having all kind of shit happen. So it is so good that all of them get together and, and get to even Johnny. You know, because sometimes you know I'm a little funny about Johnny. But I like Johnny. He's a member now. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, during the Count Me Out days, though, I wouldn't know if I was feeling, I mean, I was caught in the radio scope. I don't know how I feel about Johnny going. But, you know, we, we, you know, ones of us who have been rolling with New Edition since Candy Girl, like, we, we was, we was diehard. We was, we was hurting about Bobby. We was kind of hurt. We was hurt. It hurt us now, Bobby. 
remember when Bobby left the group? And remember they did the Count Me Out album? <laughs> and all of us thought it was about Bobby. <laughs> and they just went four of them for a little while. And then they brought Johnny in later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True New Edition fans. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Y'all know. See, I had to tell y'all my little story so y'all could understand how much we love New Edition. And you know what? We started meeting celebrities really to meet New Edition. It was facts. We didn't give a fuck about half the people we met. <laughs> and we met a lot of people. We only was like, does anybody know New Edition? <laughs> I don't know how many rappers tried to talk to me when I was 14. I'm I'm serious. I couldn't even tell you. One particular rapper, I will never divulge who it was, okay? He was, I ain't going to say. I just say they were huge, okay? I was was cute. I can't blame the rappers, okay? Because back in those days, for a 14-year-old, I was stacked. I was looking like I was probably 18 or 19. My body was different, okay? And so, like, you know, so I, like, I remember having this, I, I got this little outfit I was wearing, I was, and I was with my friends, and we were coming, we were getting ready to go to the con- we stopped. I was probably, like, I was just like, I was 14 that time. And we stopped, because at that time, we could go down to the, the, hotel, the hotels where they say were too far from my house, so we catch, we could catch a cab, catch a bus or whatever. And so we were going to the conference. So I had to be back at home at a certain time. And I had this little outfit. I had this little cute little, it was little, like a little, back then they used to have mini dresses with biker shorts and stuff on. <laughs> my little hot ass. I mean, I was built, you know. I wasn't hot, though, as far as being a groupie. That was not my thing, okay? I'm sorry. I wouldn't go see none of them foods, okay? My grandpa wouldn't be kicking ass, okay? No way. But uh, this particular rapper, <laughs> what was stood out to me was really weird because they were catching a cab. To, I don't know if they're to their soundtrack, and I thought it was the weirdest shit ever because I was like, why are they catching a cab? Right, and they had just given me their autograph, and I could tell the one was really like I am. Like he was really, I was like, uh oh, he gonna try to holler. I just knew, and so he says, "Hey," and I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> what's your name?" I tell him, "I said I just met you," and he said, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you're beautiful. You need to meet me." I was like, "No, I don't think I can. I'm only 14." is what I say to him. The other people who were around him looked like she's only 14. <laughs> Do you know what he said? Said, room such and such, such and such, be there after the show. Back here. Now, if I was a little hot-ass mama, And he had no training. I would have probably went there after the show, but I knew. I was like, this person, I was 14. you got to be like 25 or 26. <laughs> Serious, I'll never tell you who it is. Because they were ruining their reputation. But let me just say, I did. It was clear that I was 14. And his people that was with him was looking pretty like, ah, like, that's just, like, she's a kid. I know I didn't look like a kid, but oh my God. 
Yeah, I got lots of stories. <laughs> but that's some, of, that's some of the stories. We used to do that kind of stuff. I was very smart, though. I was very street smart. I knew not to, you know, I knew all the things not to do. <laughs> okay, and I wasn't going back to nobody's hotel at no 14. I would have got my ass whooped and his ass be took, okay? All right, but I'm excited, you guys. New edition, right? It's cool. I'm so excited about that. That brought me back down memory lane about all the crazy stuff we used to do. And all my friends in high school knew. They always knew we They said, do you guys meet such and such? And we were like, yeah, they were all right. <laughs> they knew that was our thing, that our thing was to go and try to meet celebrities and get autographs. I still have old autographs. I have autographs from, like, because I had a friend who used to dance with Hammer when I was in high school. And she used to sing background for Hammer. And she used to, uh, she, uh, once she went to St. Louis on tour one time, and she uh, she brought, uh, we went to go there to meet her. And she introduced me. I was like, I was like a, like a senior in high school at the time or a junior in high school or something. And so I like met Easy E. Oh, I met a lot. You just meet a lot of people. Hammer, I think, at the time. He was really, they were really huge. And I remember his brother, Lewis, was like the coolest ever. He was really nice. And then they met them again in Kansas City. Like they, I met them with Tony, 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 I think I met when I was a kid. Yeah, it was a lot of people. It was. <laughs> lots of people, lots of stories. But we were doing that. We were, me and my friends were doing that since we were like 13. So we, you know, we would meet. Oh, we met Cameo one time. It was very interesting. We <laughs> uh, really met a lot of people. Really did, seriously. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> All right. So you guys. All right. So we talked about new editions. The thirty minutes for the show being up. What other stories did I have to tell y'all at 3.30 in the morning? We were going to discuss, I think, Steve Harvey. Let's talk about Trey Sons. Let's talk this interesting story. This is a true story. Oh, no, no, we got to talk about Wendy Williams. Hold on. Let's do that first. Tabitha Brown this week responded to Wendy Williams' comments about retiring her husband. This is according to MSN Entertainment. They say Tabitha Brown has no hard feelings about Wendy Williams weighing in on her marriage. The actress and TikTok sensation responded to Wendy's recent comments about Tabitha not being able to retire her husband after he spent 15 years as a Los Angeles police officer while she pursued her Hollywood dreams. Tabitha's announcement was met with a flood of congratulations and support. But Wendy explains on her daytime talk show why she's skeptical that Tabitha's success story will have a happy ending. Tabitha responded in a follow-up video expressing sympathy for Wendy while making it clear that their situations are in no way similar. Okay. So Wendy Williams apparently was saying something on her show like, you know, I had one of them, don't do that, and everything like that. Here is my thing, okay? Okay. I would say this. This is the first thing I thought when I first heard this story. I thought, no offense to Tabitha, but why did you tell that story? Why did you say 
and I know she's really excited probably about, you know, being able to retire her husband, but she told the world that she was going to why did you tell people you're going to retire your husband? And men don't look to that type of thing. My personal opinion is most men don't like that. They don't like the like they don't like most men don't want to hear like you know want everybody to know that their wife's retiring. It's a man thing, I think. So I wonder what was the energy behind telling people. I know she probably meant well, but it. It, it, it almost seems like a, a dominant energy too. I like like you know because it's it's hard for men when women begin to uh, take over and make more money. So it's even harder when you express about a man, even though he took care of you the whole time. It still is hard for men to kind of switch those roles. So I thought about that. I was like, why do you even tell that? You know, stuff like that. But I understand both sides. I understand why Wendy was giving her the advice she was giving her. You know, it tends to get different when women tend to make more money, okay? Uh, it just does. I don't know why. You got to you gotta find a really secure man within himself when a woman starts to make financial uh, gains. And <clears throat> because men like to be men. But, hey. However, and you and you don't want to, and to me, one last thing you want to do is tell people you're retiring him because it already sounds like you're the king now. But, I mean, I, it could be totally different for Tabitha and her husband. You know what I'm saying? So I wish them luck. Good for her that she's getting to do that, okay? No, I like No. I guess no, I like before. Did you I'm no, I don't want to talk about it. Let's see here. Looking at the other stories I was supposed to talk to you guys about. <clears throat> okay, Trey Song. Let's talk about this story. Interesting stories. Trey Song has been on a lot of interesting stories lately. <sighs> Corinne Stefan's story. This is according to BeatBackSportsOnline.com. It says, Corinne Superhead, I don't like to call her Superhead. You know, I know people know her like that, but her book was, her first book was actually very good. It was a very good story. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it really, you know, I mean, the second book was more groupy-ish, but the first book was more than just me about a little bit about her groupy stuff. But Karina Superhead Stephens is what they're saying on Trey Song trying to pee on her in her relations with Chris Brown and Michael B. Jordan. Lord Jesus. Somebody said Superhead was ahead of her time, no pun intended. You know what? If she would have blown up in the social media only saying say she would be a millionaire. She had she was a millionaire. She signed a book deal for seven figures. I don't know, she lose all that money. She had to do things the traditional way, which was to write a book. She popped out of the blue with some wild stories. Uh she popped up out of the blue with some wild stories. She said Trey Sons, this is according to uh Black Sports Online, Trey Sons tried to pee on me for my birthday, the forty two year old claim. I was like, Trey, that's not how birthdays work. It's my 38th birthday. She tried to pee. That's not. 
why do people think that's a, I guess it's attractive for the man to piss on somebody. But for the person getting pissed on, that ain't attractive. I want to pee on you. Huh? You want to what? My coochie is not necessarily getting wet for people peeing on me. <laughs> late. It's late. Why? How do people find that attractive? Somebody pissing all over you. I mean, what do men get out of somebody peeing on somebody? I'm just trying to figure it all out. I just need to understand what people get out of peeing on somebody. She also described sleeping with 34-year-old Michael B. Jordan when he was 18. <sighs> what? Stephens rated the actress' performance as fine and all right and claimed his mother was upset at the encounter. <laughs> but now he's out here living his life with Lori. Him and Lori taking some good publicity pictures. Somebody said Lori Harvey just vacation in... Uh, what they say, Lori Har- Cyborg? They was talking about this week. Lori Harvey, this dude tweeted, Lori Harvey just vacation, and uh, looked like she just vacation and something. I forget, just live life or whatever. And I was like, yeah, Lori Harvey helps me to realize that I actually fucked up my first thirty years. <laughs> like I, I didn't do enough vacation. <laughs> you know. I, I'll try to be the good girl. Shit, I, I, damn, Lori, that made me see the light. I'm like, Lori Harvey is living, okay? But it helps you when your daddy's Steve Harvey. But damn, I worked too hard. <laughs> uh, and then, however, Michael B. Jordan was not the only male celebrity Stefan slept with early on in his adulthood. This is according to BlackSportsOnline.com. Stefan's explained how an 18-year-old Chris Brown took advantage of her. I hope he was 18, she said, while describing the affair. It wasn't my idea. He snuck up on me. What? Oh, my. Is she going to write another book about these stories? Oh. Is this from Vlad TV where she talks about this? It might be. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, the P story is just very unattractive. Every Trace Thorns has been caught. Remember he was spitting in the girl's mouth? And now he's pissing on people. I mean, just allegedly. Hmm. Disgusting. Really, it doesn't make him as quite as sexy, does it? <laughs> you know that you might be pissed off. Like, it's some Mark Kelly shit going on. Not that Mark Kelly shit, but, you know, the pee. Never, I never heard that song quite the same when Dave Chappelle did that pee on you. Every time I hear that song, I think that's a Dave Chappelle song. That's <laughs> just not a chat. I don't understand it. But women, I mean, maybe y'all can tell me what y'all find attractive about a man peeing on you. It's disgusting in this age. It's just totally disgusting. Just like I was disgusted the other week. I talked about it on the show last week. When they was, when I think it was, it was one of the, the, I forget one of the rappers or somebody, I forget who it was, who said he rotates 10 women. 
and he doesn't use condoms. Oh, I was so disgusted. I was like, oh, I just want to tell the women, go get checked. Hurry. Because oh. if he says it's only 10 he rotates, he best believe it's 20. Because it's a random here and there problem. Just allegedly. That's my, I forget the guy's name who said it. He just heard the word. Was it Kingston? I think. Terrible. Like, you got that access, that must access to coochie like that. You just do some wild shit. So I better be careful. See, I don't get Bill Cosby down in the street. That's Bill Cosby what happens when you got too much access to coochie. Mm-hmm. They'll be, they'll be, they'll, they'll be telling stories about you. And, hey, Daisy, Molly. <laughs> Not to diss the women that say they weren't telling the truth. I just see no proof for what the things they say after 40 and 50 years, okay? Uh, but interesting. Interesting stories from Corinne Stefan, okay, uh, allegedly. Uh, let's see, what's your other, what's the other story you need to talk about? Uh, oh, I love this week when black people pulled up on that racist and uh, Edward Cagney Matthews. He was taking in the police. <laughs> he was talking big shit, right? He gave out his address. Come meet me. Oh, I was so proud. I saw all them black people out there talking about bring them out, bring them out. <laughs> we are the best. Like Monique say, I love us for real. I love us for real. He talked big shit and black people pulled up on his ass, okay? That's how you got to do We need to just have, like Tyreek Nasheed says, pull up summer. <laughs> you want to smoke? We got to smoke for you. <laughs> I loved it. It was a mess. I love that this week did that happen, okay? Okay, now here's another interesting story. Should I leave you with this one? Is this the one I want to leave you You talk about Laura, Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom is still out here pining for Chloe. He said something under her account this week, and oh, cheating Tristan, allegedly cheating Tristan, try to come at him. How are you going to be cheating on her allegedly all the time and still trying to tell her who she can flirt with? You better get out of here. But he said something back to Lamar Odom. I don't even want to read the story because I'm not really that interested, but I'm telling y'all the story because y'all seem to be interested. I'm going to tell y'all a, a kind of a, a small version of it. But Lamar out here putting hottie, I think, or something under her thing. Lamar, get from under the love spell. I think they put a love spell on Lamar. That's just my opinion. They put his ass under. He he can't break out. He's cool thing. He put his ass under a love spell. That's what I think happened. Kanye's ass might have been up under one, too. But Lamar, he ain't, they, they forgot to snap him out of it. <laughs> you, you need a camera? <laughs> Flash it. <laughs> Lamar is still pining over Chloe. Bruh, she ain't coming back. I don't think she's coming back. And, you know, the thing is, she's still pining after, after, over her after allegedly she said, that she didn't want to get pregnant by him, so she allegedly lied about her pregnant, that she couldn't get pregnant or something. She didn't want to get pregnant by him. Like, damn, are you still pining over this shit? It's a love thing. My personal opinion. <laughs> hey, uh, poor Lamar. We wish you hope for the best. Um, Harry, they say. Harry, Harry 
Megan's here. He said Harry's up here questioning allegedly. Damn, well, he didn't gave up. I knew he would. Mm-hmm. I knew he would. Allegedly, they're saying he's doing this now. Poor Harry. interesting article in MSN uh, Lifestyle uh, Buzz, okay? It says, the one sign Harry is questioning all that he gave up, sources says. Uh, they say, the one sign Harry is questioning all that he gave up, sources says, when Prince Harry returned to the UK for the unveiling of the long-awaited statue of his mother, royal watchers held their breath, unsure of what the visit would look like after months of shocking revelations from the Duke of Sussex, ranging from allegations of racism to criticism of his father and grandparents' child-rearing he claims he didn't get support for his mental health struggles. But the Duke surprised everyone with his cheerful demeanor at the ceremony for Princess Diana, signaling he was genuinely happy to be back in Kingston Palace, despite the obvious tension that still exists between him and Prince William. And Harry, and the Harry we saw at the unveiling was reminiscent of the easygoing spare who could always be counting on to tell a joke and lighten up the mood, whatever the occasion is. He is very much old Harry at the unveiling, a, a royal source told that it was great to see him in good form. It reminded a lot of people of how things used to be. Uh, several royal experts now claim the recent visit to his childhood home may have struck a nerve with Harry, who, uh, who saw all he left behind when, when he and Duchess uh, Megan departed for America. Between his military affiliations being taken away and how much of an outsider he felt at his own grandfather's funeral, he may be coming to the conclusion that despite the fact he very much enjoys his new life in California, it came with a very high price, okay? Listen, of course this kid is probably missing what he grew up in. That's all he knows. And, um, you know, here's what I suspect. Has the has they get bigger in Hollywood? As the money starts flowing in, has uh, they start doing more parties with Hollywood socialites? And their name is going to get bigger. They already seeing Harry and Meghan is more influential than Kate and 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 and, and, and uh, William, which is you don't want to outshine the throne, but they 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 doing okay. And because I noticed this week they've been throwing out Kate stories. Y'all can't throw out enough Kate stories. Kate is, oh, honor. Okay, y'all can't throw enough out. Okay, it's hard days, but, you know, can't throw enough out. Harry and this girl is interesting because of her biracial background, uh, the way they left the past. I mean, there's so many interesting things. She's American. She was divorced. I mean, you know, it's going to be a lot of light over there. Okay, and especially as they get to working in Hollywood and they start to producing films and all that shit, they trying to take it easy now because I think they got a little bit of blowback that they wasn't expecting because everybody ain't done. Megan. But, of course, this kid probably misses his family. He probably hates what's going to happen. He probably hates that he had to do it like that. But, you know, it is what it is, and I blame his, I blame, partly I blame his wife, partly I blame him, and partly I blame the royal family, but I mostly blame him and her because they didn't really take seriously the magnitude of what they were going into, specifically her, okay? And I don't know, you say, Carlotta, how you know that? Because of how she was talking on her interviews, okay? the interviews I've seen of her. She did not really understand what she was getting into, and, you know, she didn't, she wasn't impressed. When she should have been. 
I tell you, I, I got to be impressed by stuff. Something, some things it does, you can't not act like, she's like, I thought she was, I was like, oh, we're going to meet your grandma. Nah. He said, no, it's the queen. Nah. It's the queen, bitch. It's not my grandma. It's the queen. She didn't want to be impressed. Oh, it's your grandma. No. You got to be impressed by it all. That's why I say, if you, you know, like that chick did going the other night with Drake. Like some shit you got to be impressed by. Like, oh, okay, you don't mean it out this Because you got to understand what the shit you're getting into when you're dating Drake. So you got to be impressed by the fucking Dodger Stadium. And the plane's flying over taking a picture because you got to understand all the shit. You got to be impressed. Because it allows humility to come in for the situation and understanding if you fit that situation or if you can handle all the shit that's going to come with that response, you know, that being the Drake. So you got to, you know, Megan didn't do that right. Megan was like <laughs> trying to act like it wasn't nothing. Now I guess your grandma know that's the queen. <clears throat> and because she wasn't impressed and didn't understand the magnitude of what she was walking into, she caused him a lot of pain, his family a lot of pain. She caused a lot of drama everywhere. <clears throat> so ladies, always be uh, and fellas, be impressed by a situation. Be impressed by certain situations, especially when you're if you're dating someone who's in a public eye or something like that, and they do something extra extravagant, or or you're going into an extravagant situation where you're walking the red carpet or whatever with them, or going to an event or whatever. It's a little different from Megan and Harry because you're talking about world rulership and stuff like that. But it's still a little bit, you can understand that, a bar from it. When you're dating the chick that's dating Drake at the, the thing, be impressed by the Dodger Stadium. And the reason why I wouldn't be impressed, you know, I'm older, but, you know, I'm like, I, did I like baseball like that? But what you can be impressed by the situation, what you can be impressed with the situation is that there are planes flying over, taking pictures of you. You're like, wow, this is crazy. So you can understand the situations that come with public figures. Like, you know, don't take it lightly like it ain't shit. And don't let them, them act like you shouldn't. Because a, a lot of these celebrities will say, you know, she was impressed by my celebrity. Yeah, they should be. A lot of these men get mad about that. But, listen, a woman is not a woman in a, uh, or a man who, if you're a public celebrity or a figure, is not just marrying you. They're marrying that public figure, too. So they got to be introduced to them just like they got to be introduced to your regular ass when you at home and you regular. They got to understand all the bells and whistles and shit that come with being with you. You know what I'm saying? Megan sees a different Harry than the Harry that comes out in, in, in um, and it's, it's Prince Harry. But they still the two fucking things. They all go together. You know what I mean? Say, I don't want somebody that wants me just for my celebrity. Yes, you do. You want somebody that wants you for your celebrity. Because the thing is, if they don't want you for your celebrity, they're not going to enjoy it. They're not going to enjoy being with you. They're not going to like all the, the shit that comes with being with you. So you got to find somebody who understands both sides of the coin. You know, be impressed. And I thought Megan was not impressed. She She made a big mistake by trying to treat Harry, like he was regular. I mean, he is in some senses, in some senses he's not. You can't, if you're dating Drake, you can't treat Drake regular. Drake is different. Drake is a rap star. He's a, you know, 
Let me tell you, I'm mean, in Bitches call my phone like, like I'm locked up, nonstop from the plane to the fucking helicopter. Pulling up nonstop, no, no. What's that? I'm a rock star, not a rock. <laughs> Bitches calling my phone. That's my phone. That's my phone. I like this stuff. Nonstop from the plane to the fucking helicopter. Bitches calling me phone. <laughs> Try to get the long text. I don't talk. I don't talk. Yet. What do you say? I don't talk yet. What? Yeah, I mean, that's the life. That's kind of shitty living. So you got to be able to say, whoa, like, when you say bitches is calling his phone nonstop, you're like, that's probably true. <laughs> so you got to be impressed with it all and understand, like, damn, let me understand all this shit. Do I want to be involved? It's <laughs> real. So Megan should have asked herself, shit. I think that bitch asked herself some questions. I don't know if you start on Megan's ass, okay? It's too late at night for me to be doing this with Megan's ass. Megan's ass is fronting for Oprah in here. I, I should know. I should, I, my friends told me. What did she do on that one interview? My friends told me I just didn't believe. Girl, you knew. I think Megan knew exactly what was up. Now, I don't think she expected them to dislike her, to ask the questions they asked, because I don't think Megan had ever been put in a racial construct where her race was so important. I think Megan was raised in sort of biracial whiteness, whereas you can lean more to the white side of your biracial thing. You know, you can be around a lot of white people and they not ask you. You know, you may have certain questions asked about your race and stuff like that, but for the most part, she probably never had to endure race as much as she did when she married Harry because what she found out is that you're not half white. They consider you just black. That's why I was asking you, what color would the baby be again? <laughs> See, she's never had to deal with that, I don't believe. So I think she was shocked that they were dealing with her like a black chick. Like, are they dealing with me like I'm a nigga? I just, they are dealing with me like I'm a nigga. That, you know that was that, that you know story. You know, not to use the N word, but I'm you know I'm, I keep it real on the show. Like the story is my favorite part in the movie Queen. If you ever seen Alex Haley's Queen, there's a part where she's been out trying to pretend that she's white, and she comes back home, and she's standing in the middle of the church where all these slaves because they didn't broke her down on that white world, and they found out she was biracial, and she comes in the building. She's like, I had Negro, I had Negro. She's screaming. That's Meghan Markle. That's what happened when Meghan Markle got in that palace. See, she thought <laughs> she thought she was going to be treated like a white girl because the majority of her life, that's how she felt, and that's probably how, and this is my personal opinion, that's how she felt, and that's how she thought they saw her. But they don't see her. They didn't see her like that. They see her as a descendant of chattel, probably just chattel slavery, and black. So they still, when they start asking her questions, like she was appalled. Uh, what color is that baby going to be? She's like, what? what the fuck? You know why? She was a problem because she had never been treated. She 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 didn't. She thought she was entering that thing as a white girl, and she didn't consider. She said she didn't consider the things about her race, which she shouldn't. Gotta be impressed with all that shit, and that's part of being impressed. First thing I was done, Harry trying to marry me, I've been like, 
Now, you know your family's an old-ass institution, colonizers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got to understand here now, how they feel about little old, this little black girl right here. I know I'm high yellow, but I'm still black, okay? Now, what's your family needed? See, she would have understood. She would have been able to talk to them about their questions regarding race of the child and everything like that because she would have came in knowing that this was this is an unusual thing and the first black person they had was way back in their family. They, none of them remember it. And that she is coming into institutional institution is very unusual and different. But she did not think that. She thought she was one of them. And they let her know. She got her, well, Paul Mooney said her nigga wake up, Paul. <laughs> this show, what am I going to do? It's a mess. It's been fun, y'all. He's down to four minutes. I actually did the whole three hours. Damn, it's almost four in the morning. My asses are out anyway. Hoot, hoot. Hoot, hoot. Is that what the owl say? Hoot, hoot. <laughs> My ass is half owl. <laughs> I'll be up all the time, okay? But I know a lot of you will get to listen to this show uh, later on during the week, or some of you will listen. Some of y'all listening to it right now. Y'all crazy. Y'all, I love y'all. Shout out to y'all who listening, okay? Uh, but um, oh, I forgot to talk about Vax That Thing Up. The new that song they made, that rap song, is ridiculous, okay? Child, we're going to have to catch that next week or something, okay? But uh, listen, you guys, I have had such fun talking with you guys, shooting the breeze, all that we do here on the Carlotta Chatwood Show. Thank you guys for letting me talk hot topics to you, late night edition. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your weekend. Enjoy your Sunday. I'm going to enjoy mine. I think I want to see Black Widow. I'm going to see Black Widow. I think I am going to go to the movie and see Black Widow. Tonight I went out to dinner and ate. I had these big, huge, nice pork chops. I didn't eat them all, though, because I could, you know, I can only eat a certain amount. But grilled pork chops, oh, they were so good. Like, I still have some left. I got, like, two, like, one and a half. So I couldn't only eat half of it. It was so damn big and thick. Man, I had a great time. So tomorrow I think I'm just going to go see Black Widow and him. Yeah. You know, go catch a movie. I don't know. But you guys, listen, have a wonderful night. I will see you guys probably during the week. I may try to have a show or something like that and catch you guys or something. Figure it out. I don't know how I've been doing up in these streets, okay? Let's end it with my favorite song. Y'all know what my favorite, favorite song is. Don't disturb this group, the system, okay? It's the Carlotta Chatwood Show. I'm Carlotta. Have a good one. I'll see (laughs) y'all.
That's my damn song right there. I love that damn song, okay? My God, it takes me back. Ooh, I love that song. Y'all, that's my shit. Okay, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, you are listening to the archive show. Remember, you can hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, okay? And make sure that when you guys like or follow the page, because a lot of you follow it, make sure you like it too, okay? Like it. Like the page. Don't just follow it. Like it. Okay, and I love when you guys interact, okay? So thank you for interacting and all that stuff, right? Also, also, okay, uh, you guys can hit me up on Instagram, Carly's underscore Galaxy. You can also hit me up on Twitter, which is C Chatwood Show, and I have another uh, kind of side Twitter account, Carlotta72, okay? So Follow me all on those social media platforms, okay? You guys have a wonderful, wonderful night, and I will see you guys, God bless, next week, okay? Have a good one. Or maybe during the week. Who knows? I may have a chance. Maybe I'll have something during the week. Who knows, all right? Y'all have a good one. Let's leave out with Kevin Ross. God is a genius. I'll see y'all. Bye. Oh, that's not Kevin Ross. <laughs> Here he tells us, Bobby. Oh, oh. oh.